Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Destiny Show Podcast, part of the Robots Radio Network, live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Robots Radio presents... Hello Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show Podcast. I am your host, Cornholio, and I want to welcome you to episode 34. And tonight, we welcome one actual, one of the best Crucible players in the Destiny community, with a following of 60,000 plus followers strong. He is one of the best Crucible players, and he is a Crucible Sherpa, affiliated Twitch streamer, YouTuber, and fearless leader of the one-up community we'll learn much more about one actual tonight we'll discuss the state of crucible and we'll dive into the latest news from bungie with this week at bungie and this is going to be a, a really big one and as a reminder you can find the destiny show podcast on all of your favorite podcasting apps we're on google Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Apple, and the list goes on. You can also find us on Twitter at The Destiny Show. And you can also find us on the web at destinyshow.com. And first up, I want to welcome my co-host, Shadow Price. How are you doing tonight? Oh, man, I'm doing pretty good. So much gaming, so much gaming news. You know, everything with uh, Destiny, everything with Shadowkeeper here in with PAX. I mean, we got Dark Angel here. She was at PAX last week. So Indeed, I we're going to get some of that um, that goodness. And we just had a pretty awesome Nintendo Direct last night, too. And Overwatch oh, has yeah. come to Switch. And just it, all a lot of cool things, like Super Nintendo games on Switch now. Like, that's my childhood right there. So, best believe I downloaded that. But, yeah, I'm excited about Destiny, too, with all the information we're going to be talking about tonight. Hey, and you forgot about one thing that you did not mention. Hmm. Uh-oh. I'm going to give you a little hint. 13 Monitor. years in the making. Oh, yeah. Tool. Tool released a new album, yes, just this past Friday, called um, Your Inoculum. And yes, it was 13 years overdue. Like, it's been a long time since we had some good, some Tool music, so... Pretty stoked about that. I picked up the collector's edition, and I haven't opened it yet because I'm just I'm waiting for the right moment. Um, I've just been really busy. The right moment. Yeah. <laughs> the right moment. Well, hey, yeah. it is 13 years in the making. That's that's pretty crazy. I actually picked up the uh, Tool album also, although Amazon's slacking on me this time around. I've been mm. waiting since the album came out, which was on the 30th of August. I still don't have it. Yeah. Um, they told me it was going to be shipping out next 
by next week. So we'll see by Monday. So uh, we'll see how that goes. So what's the verdict on the album? Uh, From the songs I've heard, uh, really good. How many spicy tuna rolls are we giving the Tool album that just came out? Oh, for me, it's a a five, man. Like, Tool, they're my favorite band. Like, I love everything that they do. They, They don't have a bad song. They literally don't have a bad song. I can't find a band that I don't like one of their songs, but I love every one of their songs. Very cool. Well, that's really cool, man. And maybe we'll get a chance to see them live. That would be pretty fun. And um, we also want to welcome our returning lore expert. Dark Angel is back on the show. Welcome back, Dark Angel. How are you? How you been? I've been doing pretty good, pretty good. Just mainly been super busy with, like, work and all that fun stuff. Yeah, and you, um, you just came PAX. back from PAX, right? Yeah. yeah four that's... days at PAX. I basically lived at the bungee booth, which was pretty cool. Not you gonna know lie. what? I don't blame was... you. So, and you got to um, meet it... Deej, right? That was so cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to meet Deej. I was so awkward about it, because... <laughs> I was talking to one of the other devs because he was actually in charge of the sound design for the newest machine gun called Dollar Sign No Name Machine Gun Zero Dollar Sign. It literally didn't have a name. That was its name. Because it was a placeholder? Because they, they didn't want to, like, spoil it. It's all secretive. But yeah, uh, I was talking to the sound designer and he was, like, super excited because this was, like, his first convention as like a big game dev like working at bungie and the fact that so many people were excited and thought the machine gun was so good made him really happy so i was talking to him and then i noticed deej over there talking to like data and those guys and i'm like oh man i kind of want to say hi to deej but i'm an awkward potato he's like i got you he's like yo deej Come say hi to her. And he and then me and Deej start talking and I'm like, oh god, but I pulled him away from Dado and I'm I'm not even that like big in the community, so to speak. <laughs> so but it was super cool. He was really chill. We posed and took a cool picture and he told me to act like a badass and I'm like, Alright, I'll just mirror you then. <laughs> but yeah, Pax was so fun. Um as you guys probably saw on Twitter, I played Des- I played it way too much. I uh got I think six 12, I think almost 20 of those emblem codes that have all been given out now. And I got um, about 10 Gambit coins. Like, these Gambit coins that they were giving out, they're like actual metal, though. Like, really, really well done. Wow. I really That's liked awesome. them. But yeah, and then to get the Crucible pin I got, you have to wager one of your Gambit coins. You basically, I'm like, I'm going to wager this. Win or lose, you don't, you don't get it back. You put that coin on the line. But yeah, it was so cool talking to some of the devs. It was really funny, though, because when I first got there, one of the devs recognized me from last year when I uh, utterly annihilated people in Gambit. <laughs> and he's like, oh, God, it's her again. Um, Someone just give her a bunch of the codes it, and the coin. Was it Pino? <laughs> I don't remember who it was, but um, it was just really funny that he actually recognized a lot of the devs like remembered me. Nice. I felt I felt kind of embarrassed, but I I got invited to Bungie Studios. Oh, sometime dude, that's amazing. That's Endgame the right near there. Future. That's Endgame. Not 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 just it's not just a um, lobby tour. It's one of those um, full studio tours that I have to sign an NDA 
etc. Et that's, that's amazing, though. That's, that sounds like oh, yeah. we're going an to opportunity of a lifetime. We, we, oh, we yeah. are definitely going to PAX West next year. Or go to, yeah, because they had a big booth. They had... Um, they had the machine gun on display. They had whisper on. They had like actual like props made. They had um outbreak prime on display that actually lit up and stuff. I saw they that had on Twitter. Shax's helmet. All this like amazing cool stuff. And I spent too much money at their booth because I'm like they had their store as well. And I'm like oh no. And they have like new stuff like just that's just got out of the store pretty recently. So I'm very excited. Very excited. Awesome. So yeah, that's, that's, that's packs really in a cool. nutshell. Super fun, super great. I recommend going. Had a blast. Awesome. Nintendo was there, but their lines were crazy. Oh, yeah. As <laughs> as normally they would be. Yes, oh. we we went to Pax East, and the line to uh, check out the Nintendo games was outrageous. We would have to wait for like an hour in order to get a game. For an hour, but uh, it was it was worth it, I would say. So, uh, but if Bungie was there, forget about it. I would camp at the oh, Bungie yeah. booth. Bungie is. I would be there pretty much twenty four seven till they are ready to pack. So yeah, and um, of course, welcome one actual on the show tonight. Thank you so much, one actual, for being on with us. Such a honor to have you on. You are a crucible legend and. We're excited to put you on the hot seat tonight for our discussion with the Guardians. Yo, let's do it. Appreciate it. So, first question for you, one actual. How did you get started playing Destiny? How did your Destiny journey begin? Well, it's a funny story. So, you know, here we go. All right, so I actually didn't like Destiny. I thought the game was crap. I didn't want anything to do with this game. But I had a cousin... Uh, his name is uh, <laughs> Joshua. He's my cousin. I hear the story all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's and like he was it's telling great. me, he's like, I want you to play Destiny. Come play Destiny with me. And I was like, I don't really want to play Destiny. You know, this is that. He's like, come on, man, play it. And so I played every now and then with them, but I still wasn't into it. And I kept quitting to go play like other games I was more interested in at the time. And then he finally bought me like the like three DLCs worth of Destiny and Destiny. So I was like, all right, I better play with this guy because I feel bad he spent all this on me. I started playing it. And then once I got into like, like the raiding and then the crucible aspect of the game, I was like, you know, this is actually pretty nice, you know, because before I played with him, we just kind of ran around doing just random activities like patrols and whatnot. But I was like, this is pretty fun. So as I started playing it, I really gravitated more towards the crucible side. Um, but Volta Glass and its prime was, was one of the funnest things I ever done. The first time I did it, it was like in for like seven hours and I still loved it. And it just once freaking trials came out, that was a wrap. I was stuck on Destiny for the rest of my life from there. Wow. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Like, did the shooting do it for you too? Like just having like how it felt to shoot you. Yeah, uh, Destiny's game? like shooting has always been spot on. It's always felt nice. It's always felt, you know, um what's the word? Like uh satisfying uh when you took something out, mm -hmm. no matter what gun you used. It, it was mainly just the grind. That I wasn't uh, particularly a fan of at that time. I come from MMOs, right. you know, so I was always like high expectations with any game that claims to even be in that kind of sector, you know. So, but the shooting was, yeah, definitely, definitely got me into it. Now, were you always really good at PvP? No. Like, did you play all the old school Halo games and Call of Duty? 
<laughs> well, I always did play Halo, and I, I loved Halo. Halo 2 was one of the funnest online experiences I ever had, as well as Halo 3. But um, mm-hmm. the crazy thing is, I've always been particularly good at shooters. It's kind of been a genre that I always kind of like really took seriously. But Destiny was the one game I couldn't figure out. I had a, a point. Get this. It's funny. A point three seven KD was my D1 KD for a long time. And I came, I came from being one of the top 50 best players at Advanced Warfare. Like just, I was one of the few people that had that, that ultimate rank play set that you saw this guy. You're like, okay, this guy, no, no life's this game. So I was always good at shooters, but I can never nice. figure out Destiny. I would, I would put on dumb weapons. I, I would challenge things in, in like a bot, and, and I, was, I was really garbage. And then I just took it upon myself to just practice, uh, watch good creators, like Real Crafty was somebody that I uh, emulated a lot in D1 with his style, with the last word snipes and the blade dance. Mm-hmm. Brought my sensitivity down and just kept queuing up, get wrecked, queue up again. By the time Destiny 1 finished, even as good as I was doing, with two-point KDs, three-point KDs every game. By the end of D1, I was still only able to bring my KD by, to a 1.9 because I was just so bad. <laughs> you know, so many games just getting trash canned all the time. That I never <laughs> got to get it up to a 2 until D2 shut started at all. So I was like, dang. Although I tried. Yeah, my KD was trash, too, when I first started Destiny. Like, because I, I just didn't understand Crucible. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I also came from COD and, and Halo. You know, it's like I, I was like one of the top um, hardcore TDM players in like Ghosts and everything. Yeah. So I was that that was my style. I like, you know, I enjoyed that. So get in the Crucible, I just was getting wrecked all the time. Also, too, using the wrong guns yeah. and everything. I was using like a fusion rifle and everything like some, you know, I don't know what was called like plug one or something like that <laughs> oh, yes plug 1.1 1, 1. 1 or something like that yes yeah plug 1.1 1. 1, 77 yes. wizard yeah just yep. a bunch of mm-hmm. random guns i was just using and then i figured like yeah and then i discovered like hand cannons that were actually good mm-hmm. and and sniping and like also watched real crafty and everything too See, I followed Shadow Price. Shadow Price kind of forced me to stop using Mina Multi-Tool because for a while in Destiny 1, that was like the only weapon I used. And I'm not only talking about Crucible, I'm talking about the entire game. And then I got a Vision of Confluence that got me to kind of, you know, try things out a bit. And then I finally got a Fatebringer and oh man, my life changed. I started loving hand cannons after that. Vision was actually good though in Crucible in D1. It was it really great. Was. Yeah. yeah, it actually was. You know, just due to the fact that it had good. like full auto fire and everything. So. Yeah. And not I only that, scouts were way better similar. in D1. Way better. So. Yeah, well, they did say that they were going to make scout rifles relevant again in the Destiny meta. So I'm really excited to see how they work that out when. Shadow Keep launches October 1st. Yeah. So now, one actual, how did you get started on Twitch? And when did you get started as a content creator and streamer? Well, I always wanted to do something in gaming. Gaming has always been something that's always uh, been very dear to my heart ever since I was a child. And um, it was always like an escape for a lot of the things that I dealt with growing up. And a lot of issues and, and just all that kind of stuff. And so gaming was always the place that I felt like home. It was like my little safe haven. And uh, once I got out of the military, 
um i was just always kind of like still with my post-traumatic stress disorder i was still very much like i i would only be awake during the nighttime i didn't like the daytime i didn't like bearing around people for a while i was very antisocial for a while and um i was always playing uh video games and uh my girl told me uh, uh about twitch uh and she told me hey well actually no scratch that before we knew about Twitch, we would watch streams off PlayStation Live, and that's how I discovered Real Crafty, and then started uh, getting, well, like, oh, what's Real Crafty? So they started talking about Twitch. I was like, what's Twitch? That's the app on your phone. I was like, app on my phone. And then I was like, oh, and then that's how I discovered Twitch, because I was like, oh, he talked about it when I was watching a PlayStation Live stream with no account, and I was like, oh, well, you can type in these chats and stuff like that, and oh, that's a pretty cool thing. I was like, oh, this sounds like something I would want to get into. Um, and so I just kept to it, um, put my heart into it, um, just did all the right things and then one day i did, it just started popping off there really isn't like a like a little formula to grow or to become anything on twitch it really just kind of you know it is a little bit of you know it's doing all the right things but there is some kind of like luck factor <laughs> for you know, lack of other yeah, words you know which is right place right time you know and um just through the community i built and everything just uh it just came into fruition i'm just blessed for it Thank you for serving. Uh, what branch were you? I was in? Marine. You O three eleven infantryman. Nice. Awesome. I was in the army. Ooh, army strong. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you uh, so much for your service. Mm-hmm. No problem. And how long ago did you get started on Twitch? Whew, oh man. Um, I want to say I think it's two thousand and i did say 2015 16 is about when i started taking seriously because i did have another account before then but i really didn't know what i was doing i was just kind of hitting the live stream and just sitting there and playing games and i started taking it more serious around 15 16 were you still playing destiny around that time uh you know what i actually tried to start um as a call of duty zombies player because i loved high rounding i could play that game for hours and that's what i was more addicted to at the time was uh was call of duty zombies and the easter eggs and all that kind of stuff zombies is a lot of fun yes dude zombies was my jam let me tell you something i bought this season pass in black ops 2 for the sole purpose of playing zombies i did not touch pvp back then black ops and we had so much fun we spent hours me shadow price and our good friend swirly man we spent Hours and hours. Yeah, I mean, stop playing. Yeah, just just like yeah, five six hour like uh, marathons, <laughs> basically of just trying to get high round in zombies. Yeah, let's go for hours, man. I used to love it. I used to love it. Yeah. Then you get that error code, and you're like, "Well, <laughs> oh yeah," or or that disconnect. Yeah, you're like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Now, let me ask you this one, Actual. Since you were a classic Zombies fan, what are your thoughts on Black Ops 4 Zombies that came out last year? You know, um, you know, I thought it was a little too much. It was still fun. Like, I really like that one, um, can't remember uh, what it is right now. We're like in like Roman times kind of things, like Zeus and all oh, that. Yeah. I really thought that was a fun one. Mm-hmm. But the Easter eggs were kind of really tedious. Instead of doing something, it's something big happening. It was a lot of grab this, move this here, stick this here. Oh, can't do that until this round. And then I was like, uh, it kind of was just dragging, trying to just build your rounds up with like a, a few good instances. Um, and, the, and the maps for high rounding were kind of, you know, they, they weren't too fun to do it. Uh, but 
it was still cool. It had some good moments. I had a lot of fun with it for a while, but it did eventually uh, lose me around the second, third DLC. But they definitely what were the hardest Easter eggs, period. What was your What was your favorite zombies? Uh, Call of Duty. Favorite zombies? Like Black Ops Two. Oh definitely yeah, Black Ops Two. The Easter eggs and Black the high rounding were just perfect in that one. Just yeah, nice. Transit and uh, Barry. Transit right? Barry. Yeah, those were my Shangri-La. favorite. Yeah, both of those were my my very favorite. Awesome. So now. One actual, you also have a clan slash group that you started called One Up. Yep. Tell us a little bit more about One Up and how that got started. Okay. Well, um, when I was started getting into Destiny around time, like my cousin Josh, we started getting me into it. I wanted to make a clan and have people to play with. That seems to be the issue with everybody in Destiny. The game is fun to play multiplayer, but it's hard to find people, you know, and some to play with. So I created a clan. Um, and I created a Facebook group that was like 400, 500 people strong. And there's a lot of people in it. And we would have like Tuesday, Wednesdays, we would do like Crota runs. Another day we'd do like Vog. And we, we also used my stream at the time as a place where we could all get the runs in so I could play with everybody. That was a part of my clan. It was called the actual gamer at the time. What happened was when you have all those people, you need moderators because it was just me kind of running the show. And there's some people that felt that kind of were in the cracks, you know, and they, they were either like not too social or they weren't really, you know, vocal about, hey, I want to play too. And then there was one, um, one uh, female uh, that was a part of my stream that was very hot headed. She was, she really just like, you better play with me type of person that just kind of got in the cracks. And then one day, me and my wife, we weren't, uh, we were like, we're not going to do any raids this week. We're going to be out of town. So we we're out of town. I wasn't really looking at the Facebook. So she writes this giant paragraph just, Nobody ever plays each other in this place. The leader ain't even this is just this entire thing, just talking about how this whole thing was was dumb to even start in the beginning. And some people were defending me, like, no, nah, he's out of town. What are you talking about? Why don't you ever message him? And other people were on her side. And there was so much drama by the time me and her came back, we just got rid of the entire thing. We're like, wow, that was didn't see that coming. And you know, and so we're like, I'm done. And so when I decided to make one up, I was like, if I'm gonna make another clan and not just join a, a clan. I want to make something where respect is valued most and brotherhood respect fam. And then if you bang, if you sweat, all that kind of stuff, all that stuff is second, third, fourth, fifth. But I was like, but you got to be considered my family first. Everybody that's in one up right now is, is basically family to me. Even my newer cats that I give a lot of shit. Cause that's what I do to my younger cats. and give them shit. Shadow. You probably know being a military man, you know, you got to give yeah. them PFCs and everything some shit. So they earn their stripes, yeah, so yeah. to speak, you know? Absolutely. So, um, so I created it um, towards the end of D1. I want to say around it's somewhere in the year three genre with uh, with my wife and then uh, Silly Lily, who's in the chat right now. And then um, Garbo and Zip Zip. That was the original four, you know, and we uh, we were all great PVP players. We were always playing with each other and we just had this fan. We were, I was like, you know what, if I'm going to create something, I'm going to do it with these guys. You know what I'm saying? And then we'll branch off or add some or not add people, but we're going to be really strict on the recruiting process and all that good stuff. So we built it from there, started getting into sweats. By that time, people already knew who I was. I already was averaging hundred plus on Twitch doing, um, doing trials and, and maintaining my position as number one in the elimination and, and just grinding it. So a lot of people got word out one up who's one up. Oh, that's one actuals guys, you know, oh, they're real cool. You know, even when they would match streamers, like when they would run into crafty, or all that kind of stuff. They're like, oh, that's that's one actual can. These guys are cool. You know what I'm saying? Win or lose, these guys aren't coming to stream saying, yo, you suck or anything like that. They just they just knew one up was was the guys. And um 
we had a really positive name in uh in D one and that really carried forward into uh into D two and then we started uh got Fisco in it and the J and then the newer cats like Reb who was in the chat. Uh, Baby Cakes is in there as well. That's like my right hand right now. Uh but Rebuking and Loner and all them and when it comes to like one up and everything, I want it to always just be like just this brotherhood. Before first and foremost, before it is like all these goat PvPers or or savage raiders, like all that stuff is secondary. But we do obviously, you know, you gotta be able to bang at the game if you're gonna join one up. But I tell everybody, you gotta be considered my family first. I gotta be able to look at you like that. You know what I'm saying? A lot of them have my personal cell phone number. And all kinds of stuff. And we we talk about kicking it and all kinds of stuff all the time. We even have a, a Twitter clan chat that's always going on. They're they're talking right now in that dang Twitter chat. That thing never stops because we're just so close. And I personally, you know, not obviously, you know, talking mess towards anybody else's clan, but these all these clans are cool and stuff like that. But I guarantee ain't no other clan as tight as we are as a group. One of them goes to the hospital, I'm on a plane, you know, type thing. That's, That's really awesome. awesome. Yeah, and yeah. actually, Reb is one of our earlier guests on the podcast, and uh, he's a really, really talented content creator. So shout-outs to Reb. He uh, is really, really awesome. Uh, great Crucible player, and uh, thanks to Reb, I have my uh, recluse. We actually kind of have a funny story. Uh, Reb was asking to use my account one day, and I was like, sure, fine, whatever. And then I get back on my account and all of a sudden like a recluse pops up and i'm like holy shit like what 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 just happened and uh that's kind of how i got my recluse so thanks reb (laughs) i still don't have any of the pinnacle weapons yet i need to get on that for the 2019 sales well hey now that cross save is live we're closer to being able to do that because i actually have an xbox although oof uh, the frames would be really difficult for me to uh, work around. Oh, yeah, definitely going. Yeah, Reb helped me get my Luna. So, yeah, thanks, Reb. <laughs> yeah, I'm, ha- I'm having my, my buddy uh, Glow Stick and G-Man. Huge shout out to them. I'm having them help me get uh, Revoker and Recluse. I'll, basically, I'm like, just help me get everything. They're like, we got you. So I have I have some buddies that are helping she, me she out. She knows some people. She's got connections. She she knows people. Mm-hmm. And the Bungie Studio, man, I still can't get over that. I'm so jealous. But I'm so excited for you. That's it's, amazing. It's like, um, it's like, it depends on their schedule and everything. Because it's like, it's very strict. You can't do weekends. You have, or you can't do weekdays. You have to do weekends. And it's all very... Oh, I... Oh, like, at first, when I thought the dev invited me, I thought he was joking. Like, I was like, you're joking, right? He's like, no, nah, I'm being 100% serious. I'm like... What? <laughs> what? <laughs> it was so because f- like throughout the whole weekend, I like I said, I kind of lived at the bun at, at PAX. I kind of lived at the bungee booth, and one of the devs, he was a QA tester, and me and him, we kind of just like connected, and he thought it was super cool that I was like so passionate about it, about like this game and everything, because like this this game Destiny has like introduced me to like so many awesome people I've met like my best friend Glowstick and connected with a bunch of other people like because of this game and I just, it, this game just means like so much to me because of that so like, he thought it was super cool that like, I vibed like and really liked the game. So, like, um, 
what's funny is like on Monday he was there like as a regular person not working the booth and I was in line for the Destiny booth and he was in line for the Destiny booth and he saw me and he like kind of like nodded and was like I see you I see you over there I know what you're doing and I'm like oh shit <laughs> it was just like it was just like really funny and then he cause they released the uh, ghost pins there and um I got the disco ball one, which is cool, but the one that I really wanted was the generalist ghost shell. Also, cool tidbit, by the way, generalist ghost shell, Arcadia class jump ship, and the Kavastov are coming back to Destiny 2. I saw that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Very exciting. I almost cried when I saw that, because, like, I run a shader on on my EDZ ghost that makes it look like the generalist ghost shell, because I love that ghost so much. So now that we actually get it back, I'm really happy. Now, we're, are we going to yeah. be able to run that first mission, too? Like, yes, it will be a in the kind of like the Cade stash mission. Okay. That one, how that one's just in the loop. Same thing with the the Lost Light. I'm actually deleting my Titan though and doing it because I don't like the look of my Titan's face. I'm going to delete her and make a new Titan after the Week One raid, the Race for Worlds first. After that, I'll keep her before that but good plan once we've beaten that raid then bye bye titan <laughs> the titan uh, the raid armor looks good though oh yeah i'm excited for the raid i'm excited i'm more of a pve person myself but i'm excited for elimination come back oh yeah elimination oh my god we stomped the enemy team like it, it was myself my buddy g-man then another guy who I met at PAX, and we stomped them, like utterly nice. annihilated them. It was kind of like five zero annihilated. Like it was scary. And you got to. I'm like okay. Use the shadow keep weapons. New shadow keep weapons. Yes, too. we got to use the new shadow keep weapons, the new armor system, the new supers, or like super rework. So it was it was very crisp machine gun. Very crisp. I loved that thing. It's like a, a, it's like a machine gun that shoots fifty caliber sniper rounds. It's beautiful. <laughs> wow! And it goes two, two, two. Like almost one it. shot something. Right oh there. yeah, you can definitely. It's a two tap body, one tap headshot. If you have the weapons of light buff, it's a one tap. Oh body. my god! <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, but you only get three bullets. A machine gun sniper. <laughs> But like I said, you only get three bullets, so you have to make them count. Oh, wow. That yeah. is an interesting archetype. Well, yeah, because it's like, I figured it's a, it's balanced. I think that's like really balanced, in my opinion, because if you gave us too much ammo, you could just wipe the floor with people, but not enough, and you don't really get to experience it. So. Next question that we have, and this is kind of a big one. All right. How has the Crucible drought affected streamers and content creators like yourself this year? Um, well, during the drought periods, uh, same as D1, but uh, obviously more so uh, this way. Um, uh, when it comes to the content droughts, it's really hard to maintain, you know, you know, having a good time. You know, so to speak, is when you're when you're streaming. You know, say so you you got to be. You know, your chat they feel you if you're having a good time. You know, say they know you're having a good time. They feel that vibe. If you're like, don't want to be there, you're you're kind of, oh my god, this guy's using this, uh, just dragging. They're gonna feel that too. 
And when it, whenever these drought periods come along, a lot of us is like it's really hard to play the crucible for long periods of time. And for those of us who are known for crucible gameplay or, or comp help or sweats or all this kind of stuff, those these periods make it harder to, to continue to have a good time and even want to do it. So it, it does definitely make it hard. But uh, what we try to do is is make it try to do what we can until the next update, which they're always like two, three months out. So it's like, here we go. Two months of this, you know, but that's why the community's made sweats and made those certain rules. Okay. Play like this three V threes. So it gives us something else to, Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Let's do that. So we start jumping to that in private matches or we do the comp stuff. It's like, you know, we'll have a cop challenge, you know, like uh, last stream, I, I took an account from zero to 2100, uh, just shoulder charging people. I, I didn't use my gun at all. I just shoulder charged everybody all the way to 2100. Uh, just, and people really like that. Tree. So I just try to, <laughs> what's that? Oh, wow. Bottom tree striker. That's crazy. Like when you get that super. Oh, no, I'll, I'll see the top because uh, you put the skull for it oh, on it geez. and you can just shoulder charge, kill oh, yeah. it, come around, yeah. do it again. Oh, yeah, that's and so right. So I was just doing that and just kind of memeing it. for a while. And that was pretty fun. But um, even right now, like uh, even after that, when I started playing, uh, just quick play and other things with my guys. I start getting bored and tired pretty quickly, you know, and then I'm like, I'm not going to fake this. I'm just going to play something else. That kind of stuff. But it, for, but yeah, to answer your question, it, it does make it hard. Any content created as PVP could tell you that it gets very hard where some even quit the whole entire season to play other games like World of Warcraft, Fortnite, and, and all, that, all that kind of stuff. The most fun I had in PVP was when uh, we were playing with Reb and he told us to go to Dim and to do the randomize thing. And then we just get a random loadout all of a sudden and, and then go play. That sounds fun. That was some of the yeah. that was some of the most fun I had in PvP. <laughs> you know, I didn't redo that. That sounds really cool. I gotta try that. Yeah, it was super fun. Remember that corn? That, that was a good time. Yeah, just using guns that you don't normally use and you just go in there and you just try. Even if you have like a Piece of crap weapon. Yeah, <laughs> try to do something with it. Like, oh, really? I got this. You know, I yeah. can see that. I can see that being great fun. Mm -hmm. I remember that evening we were trying to uh, play skirms, and I would always get rolled with like the weapons I'm horrible with. On top of the fact that I'm horrible at PvP as is, but now I have to do it with a sniper rifle. Oh man, that was rough. <laughs> I, I was pretty wanted, much I running around sniper. with double snipers and two rounds of ammo. Like, I'm about to go kill <laughs> shit. Yeah, we're about to make shit happen. That was, a, <laughs> that was a fun match, but I had a lot of fun. We should totally do it again sometime soon. Because, hey, if, no, if nothing more, it makes you a better Crucible player. Yeah, it yeah, definitely that's does. True. Yeah. So... Next question for you, uh, one actual. What are some challenges that come with being a content creator in Destiny? Um, well, the drought periods for one are definitely one makes it hard to do content, you know, because you're not too much into it. Well, I mean, there's a lot of times I like, for example, uh, I'm obviously I live in California and I stream at uh, two o'clock in the morning, you know, which is very very difficult now, you know, and stuff like that. So, but um, it really comes down to the state of the game, the state of the game, um. If the game is popping, there's a lot of stuff to do. The Crucible's nice. You know, it's, you can just pick and choose, go with it, and have a great time. But as far as, like, a lot of challenges, um, I personally, uh, for me, um, 
I'm, I'm like kind of, I'm, I'm a little hot-headed. You know what I'm saying? It's just kind of how I, bro- I, I came up. When a troll comes in the chat and says, hey, you suck, or this is that, I blast them. Three, four years later, <laughs> yeah, I, I still let them have it with words before I do anything uh, for it. My chat thinks it's hilarious. I try to make it a little bit funny, but um, I, I don't really personally like um, a lot of the egos that you see online. And then I, I don't like a lot of the fake things um, that I see uh, from other creators that I, I have noticed on Twitter and this, this and that. And um, I'm very old school. Um, I'm all about respect and just having fun. And when I see like other creators or other kind of people, you know, mouthing off and act like they all that or retweeting their whole community to blast somebody on social media, I personally, that stuff uh, upsets me um, a lot. And it makes me kind of go like, why do I even want to be a, a like, like these are the guys we're supposed to aspire to be. These, these are our higher ups. These are all, like, I don't really feel them, you know, and stuff like that. So it makes me kind of go like, why, why do I even want to, you know, be associated with this? You know what I'm saying? When I, that's why I kind of mainly just stay in my own lane. Um, so a lot of the challenges just kind of outside. I don't really have any challenges when it comes to, I hit that stream button and start going out. I, I enjoy myself a lot. My chat, they, they look out for me. You know what I'm saying? When they notice I'm kind of dragging, they, they, like, they start talking mess. We start playing around back and forth, and they get me back into it. We just bounce off of each other and, uh, and keep it going on for long periods of time. But, I mean, to, to be honest, not that I don't really notice any challenges except maybe my sleep schedule because it's all over the place because I also work as well as stream. That can be kind of challenging, I can see. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. So I think that would be a good segue to ask you, what do you do in real life when you're not gaming or playing Destiny? Well, when it comes to my real life and what I do uh, as far as work and stuff like that, I don't really vocalize that, you know, because not because I don't trust any of you guys or anybody listening here, but just because I know the power of the Internet. And I'm kind of one of those guys that knows how all that kind of information can be used against you. Um, And so I don't really talk to people and tell them, hey, I work here down the street, 144, this, this and that road go check it out. We we sell pizza rolls. You know, it's like, I don't really, you know, got to go that deep. But as far as like a hobby, um, I do a lot of writing. Um, it, it's something that it's kind of like my escape as well as uh, I just kind of just write. I don't have any reason or anything to put my books or anything like out, but I just love writing. It, it, it just caused me to relax. Uh, me and my wife, uh, we visit our family like all the time. Uh, like every other day, we're always over there just hanging out and just being a real tight family. Like that's really just what I enjoy outside of gaming and stuff like that. It's just my family. I'm re- I'm real simple and basic when outside of the, the stream and the content. That's, that's really awesome. awesome. That's the way it should be. Yeah. Family. Yeah. Family in game, family out of game. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so here's another question for you. What is your favorite game of all time and why? Ooh, oh, man. Oh, that's a tough one. That's like, that's like such a hard that's question. Worst, that's yeah, a that's rough a, one. That's the I hot know. seat question. Hey, oh. I did say we're going to put you on there the hot seat. Of games <laughs> You're kidding. A lot of games. Oh, man. You know what? I'd have to pick a game. I guess I would just pick something that I played a bunch of times over and over again. Um... You know, honestly, it's got to be an older game. I think it would have to be. Um, man, that's a tough one. You know, I think it would have to be Sonic Adventure 2. And here's why. That's a little, it's a little bit of a strange one for some people. Like, what's Sonic Adventure 2? But the reason why I got to say Sonic Adventure 2 is because that game I played nonstop. 
beat it every single day. I would like literally go through the entire game, beat it, restart, go through the entire game, beat it, Dreamcast, restart, and just kept right? doing it. And I love the the Chow thing, you know, and stuff like that. So I, I'd have to say Sonic Adventure Two just for the fact that I just remember myself always putting in that that disc and just beating it and continuing on. But I also got other games that are my top ones, like one set in chat, like Final Fantasy uh, Eleven and Fourteen. Obviously, got me stuck, pretty stuck right now. But the MMOs, yeah, those MMOs, <laughs> they just keep you coming, man. But uh, yeah, like every time was uh, the Sonic Adventure. Two, was that on Dreamcast? Yeah, it was Dreamcast. Uh, I played it on the GameCube. However, that one, oh, okay. that was just I love that game. I really did. Now, it's funny because I watched a video from uh, some content creator where he was like, was Sonic Adventure 2 actually good? And he, he like replayed it. And I kind of watched it. I was like, man, this is actually this kind of corny now. But just at the time, it was just a cut above. It was only one game in that entire time period can compete with it. And that was like the birth of fantasy star online and, and stuff like that. Like that game was just it. Yeah. GameCube was such an underrated or underrated console. Amen. Like it had so many good games on there and everything. And I had a GameCube. Like I, I loved my GameCube. I had like Mario sunshine on it. And I had like, um, I had the Zelda promotional disc. So I had a, like the um, Zelda one, Zelda two. And I think Majora's mask and Ocarina of time. Like had, you know, had that collection. Yeah. So, yeah, GameCube was a good system. Dark Angel, what about you? What's your favorite game of all time? Do you really have to ask that? Um, but okay, it's here's Destiny, here's a caveat. You cannot. Can't be Destiny? You cannot say Destiny. Ah. So we're gonna make or things Destiny just too. a little bit more Ooh. interesting. Ooh. Um. Probably my favorite game, if I can't say Destiny, uh, probably Halo Reach. It's a good one. I just Ooh. finished it on Legendary, actually, today. Because I was like, nice. you know what? It's coming back out soon. I'm just going to do it. It was pain and death and suffering, but I did it. Yes. I've been waiting for them to come out with Halo Reach for the PC to go back to it. Because, man, that's going to be a dream come true. To oh, go yeah. back to that and game. And it's going to have the same armor customization. They're bringing back all of the Forge maps. That everyone had in Halo 3, Halo 2, and Halo Reach. That's so awesome. So I am very happy. Complete yeah, that's going to be really order. exciting. Now, do we know when that will be coming out? No, I have no idea. I don't think really anybody like really they knows. They says ran into some development, so, development problems, unfortunately. Yeah, they've been having some development problems. Oh, man. Bungie just got some major respect points from me. Thank you, Bungie. What Thank you, because I was having issues purchasing my seals because it said the deadline had exp had passed when it hadn't, and I made a help form post when it happened, saying, "Hey, it's like nine o'clock at night, and it's, it's I can't buy my stuff, and I have all the seals. I'd like to buy them." And I Bungie help replied to it saying, "What were you trying to?" purchase and i listed pretty much every single seal because that's what i have and they're just like here you go and they messaged me all of the codes that i can use to now buy all the pins so now i've been sitting here kind of buying the pins now spending like 30 bucks a pin because of shipping and stuff okay but yeah you, i'm like very happy you because said, like you said the s word so you <laughs> went there so we're gonna go there how much are you yes. paying for shipping? Because I know you're not that far from Seattle, Washington. Uh, I'm only playing like 
five, I want to say ten dollars? I know you live, live on the other side of the other side, so. That's still crazy. <laughs> yeah. You're right there. Well, because the, the pins themselves are 20, and then. Yeah. 10 for shipping. Okay. Well. Yeah. I'm pretty close, though. Unlike you guys. You guys are so far. At least they opened a um, an e uh, European store, so people in the UK could buy stuff a lot easier. That's for what I'm kind of happy shipping. for. I, feel, I felt bad for them, because if you think your shipping is bad, their shipping is worse. <laughs> yep. Oh, I bet it is. All right. Now I'm buying the blacksmith seal. $777,000. Let's go. <laughs> <sighs> There goes all my money. So Shadow Price, favorite yeah. game of all time. You're oh, you know seat. what it is. You know what it is. is. It? Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid. Okay, that's a good one. Yes. Love, love the story. Love, love the world. Love Snake. David Hater. Um, gonna go be gonna see him at the uh, Retro Game Con uh, in November in Syracuse. York, so. Yes, that's going to be really exciting, and that's yeah. going to be our first convention as a podcast, so I'm really excited to attend, and hey, maybe we'll have some exclusive interviews coming your way. We're going to definitely try, and uh, really exciting to meet the voice actors for Solid Snake and also from Zelda, uh, well, Zelda, right? Uh, what I, I don't know her name. Patricia Somerset. Did okay. Say, yes. Oh yeah. I think right. She is going to be there. <clears throat> She's yeah. going to be there too. Yeah. So that's going to be pretty exciting as well. But uh, enough about that. Let's move on to some more Destiny chat. So one actual reflecting on the last twelve months in Destiny. How has the last year been for you with Forsaken and the annual pass? Um, as a player i thought the, the annual pass honestly was terrible I, I thought it was it was awful but forsaken was amazing i thought forsaken was probably one of the best dlcs that i've ever seen in destiny's like entirety next to the taken king um i wasn't a fan of i thought the black armory was was pretty bland uh as well as you know the whole the gambit thing the gambit thing i caught i thought it could have been like a better in my opinion with the whole thing with the armor sets and all that cool stuff but it it was really just, I don't know, just as far as like a Crucible guy, and, may, and take note that everything I say is coming from a Crucible standpoint, a, cru and a Crucible player standpoint. So a lot of PvE guys or, or Gambit people, they'll probably disagree with me. But as far as I go, even though I did try, I always try to get into PvE. If there's some hot PvE that's going, like I did Riven, I don't know how many times. I love that raid. And I go through the Dreaming City on PC, my frame's up for fun. because just how beautiful it is to this moment. But I just, I really couldn't just get into um, the grind for the, the only time I did Black Armory was just because, oh, there's some dope guns, you know, here in this that I can kind of roll around with. And then um, the whole Gambit Prime thing, although it is, in my opinion, a better uh, mode than Gambit, the original Gambit, I, I just didn't really see myself wanting to really grind it at all. You have a definite argument because, I mean, they neglected PvP from mm. Forsaken. Till, till now like there was no new crucible maps or anything like not even one not even one new net map not even a map that they could have brought back 
Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, know. all we had was they just gave us Citadel, and no Crucible player wants to play <laughs> yeah. Citadel. I'm telling you, there's not one. Oh my god! Please find yeah. this one Crucible guy so we can we can drag him out to the city. You know, and just that map can but, go burn in a fire. Somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> well, and Luke Smith recently stated during the director's cut that Crucible was not really the priority for the teams. It was never promised as part of the annual pass, and they were strictly focusing on the annual pass content. So essentially, they were neglecting the PvP side of their game because they didn't have anything to say, right? And going back to that Bungie Weekly update where one of the community managers came out and stated, hey, we have nothing coming for trials, that was kind of a bummer for a lot of people. Yeah, it was. I remember that. It was everybody was kind of just wondering, like, can we get any news on trials? Can we get any news on trials? And then for them to just be like, nope, nothing. And just kind of hit it just like that real quick off the cuff was kind of just like it, it was a smack. Because, yeah. I mean, at, at the history of Destiny, trials was that game in Destiny 1 that we just loved. Mm-hmm. When Trials was out that weekend, I literally would see the directory on the week go from about 4,000, 6,000 strong of a directory to 20K plus on the weekends with creators just playing Trials. Triple Wreck, Real Crafty, Lumi just going for it. Some were carrying, some were just destroying. People just loved that weekend game mode, and it, it was satisfying. And there were some great guns that came out of it and, and armor sets and... It was just there's so much reason to do it. Everybody, PVE or PvP wise, would just want to get in trials. So it's like, yeah, yeah that was the formula. Mm-hmm. They had the formula. It's like, why mess with that formula when they brought trials in the nine? And they, I mean, yeah, I mean, the people still played it, but it was not as good as three v three. Exactly. Either. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, and so I, I think trials felt like a mountain that you're climbing, and you were getting rewarded along the way because you were getting those packages and as you progressed you were getting better and better things with the state of crucible now with competitive crucible it's essentially you're grinding out for the revoker this year this season i should say and it's like okay well that's that's all you're giving us and yeah, the grind not getting is anything lengthy, additional yeah. but there's really nothing in between that makes the experience fun and rewarding for you exactly that's the core Uh. problem with the game right now the reward system is messed up and we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the show when we talk about the state of crucible but um do you guys um have any other comments on the forsaken slash annual pass content um, Shadow Price and Dark Angel. Well, I mean, I, I like I said, I'm much more of a PVE player. So, I mean, I kind of liked them, but I do understand your concerns, especially from a PvP standpoint, where there was no new Crucible maps, there was no new strikes either. In Forsa- in any of the annual pass besides Forsaken, so. I felt that they, I don't know, like, added more of that sort of stuff to make everybody happy. I'm one of two minds on this. Like, I feel like 
you know, yeah, there was stuff like to do, but it was fluff. It was it was like a almost like a um an artificial grind, almost like in a way. Yeah. You know, just so much artificial grind in the game. Like, for example, like, you know, the the forges and everything like that. Like, you couldn't even do them right when you started. Like when you got in. Like you had to be like at least six fifteen. And yeah, they did back off on that. They brought that down like after like the first day or two. Um, but it just it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun doing that grind on, on you know those uh, different activities that they brought. Yeah, in with I get the that, I get that. We're grinding and for it, the it, forges. It, it, Remember how long that quest was for the third one? Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you, yeah. you did yeah. not want to do it on your other characters. You did it once, and I'm like, screw this. I'm not doing it on my yep. other characters. <laughs> Forget this. Same, yeah. <laughs> it felt like a chore more than a fun experience. And that, that's my problem with it, right? And here's my biggest issue with the annual pass. Because whenever a new DLC content came out, whether it was the fall expansion or one of the smaller ones, you would go to the tower in Destiny 1 and... There are things to explore, vendors the with vendors. new things, oh my God, yes. and faction things going on, and there were so many different elements that you had that now you got into this new season with Season of the Forges, and it almost felt like, is this we it? Had a, we haven't had a vendor like, refresh in a, and, like a minute. And the way forever. we started the story out was pretty weak, too, because... You had Ada One trying to essentially have a conversation with you. There was nothing cinematic about it. And it was like, oh, you can't come through. And then all of a sudden, yes, you can come through. From a narrative standpoint, I think they kind of missed the boat. And it's unfortunate because the writing team did an excellent job with the lore. It's just oh, yeah, it's hidden in areas where most players would not consume that content in such a way and i think that's kind of a shame and i really hope they figure out a way to incorporate the storyline and the lore into the gameplay because most people who are going to play shooting games they're not going there to read they're going there to play an action game where you're engaged so i really hope that bungie puts more focus on that in future seasons yeah, I think a lot of that had to do with the parallel development of the three different activities, the, the the forges, the reckoning, and the menagerie, like done by um, Vicarious Visions and everything. The fact that they had to have Vicarious Visions do that whole DLC and everything, too, just goes to show you that they had trouble development, you know, trying to you know, do, do all those at once, not getting the actual feedback on them, like, you know, while we're doing it. And stuff so it's like they've already three different activities rewards don't line up the reward structure like of black armory was okay the forges were okay but the reckoning was just absolutely abysmal like i still don't have uh, spare rations so Oof. <laughs> yeah but and they had the menagerie which was rewarding and everything too so it's i think they're ch trying to find the balance now so what do you guys think about seasons that are coming with Shadowkeep? Because we kind of got a glimpse into what we'll be getting. Are you guys feeling like the the team at Bungie 
they're going in the right direction with seasons or do you guys think there are some concerns with that um i would say that if they're like the season of the of opulence then i could tell they're they kind of know what they're doing at that point i was like it feels like okay this is cool but there's just nothing like when bungie hits us with a dlc you know obviously there's a lot of money and stuff that's involved in that so obviously you know like we're at a point where we can't just get dlc and a couple months later next dlc but i mean season opulence felt like there was they really put like some meat in there you know what i'm saying we had the menagerie we had the raid and all those guns and armor was worthwhile you know and uh so hopefully it's like just like you guys even saying earlier just with the with the story just putting the story in the game let us know why we're here what we're doing give us a meaningful you know grind this is a grindy game we need reasons to grind you know what i'm saying in all aspects of it like give me a bunch of reasons to do strikes and i'll do some strikes give me a bunch of reasons to go do patrols yeah. i'll do some patrols no lie like give me a reason to get into the crucibles besides just slaying out and looking at a scoreboard for two seconds and on to the next one you know we all want a purpose in every activity that we do and i feel like if they i feel like they'll if they are going to do that um more annual pass type thing i, I think it'll be better than it was this year yeah because they have the you know they have that uh basically that data just from like that whole year of us playing and everything and like luke smith writing up his director's cut you know being very transparent like why it was hard for them and everything and what they're looking to do to hopefully streamline that a little better but give us good content in the same exactly i'm i'm a little bit i'm a little bit concerned after reading the third uh not third director's cut but the the whole thing he wrote about seasons um because to me it felt like the game is weighing more heavily into giving you microtransaction items as rewards rather than giving you more story which to me that would be a concern and if the team was struggling with creating the content this past season working with vicarious visions working with high moon studios what makes you feel that they're going to be able to deliver just as much content but do that all on their own and publish the game on their own they had to answer to papa activision before they don't have to do that anymore yeah they have a they have a same creative they have a creative vision now they all have the same vision but 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 hear me out hear me out here i think that a lot of the things that were blocking bungie with activision are being resolved right now and that's what we're seeing with cross save coming that's what we're seeing with the game going to google stadia and you know being available for all players free of charge i think those are things that bungie was fighting with activision over and i could just be speculating but I think those are the things that they're now able to do. And yes, they have more creative freedom and they're not on strict deadlines like we probably would have seen Shadowkeep come out September 17th had Activision been in the picture. I'm sure about that. But I do also think that from a development standpoint, you can't fully blame Activision. You got to put some blame on Bungie for some of the mishaps that took place in the game throughout its development cycle. And right now, from the 
more emphasis on seasonal content with you know the the new ladder that looks kind of like Fortnite in the game and the rewards they're describing as part of the seasons and how they break up seasons from expansions to me that kind of means that they're moving in a pretty different direction and I don't know if it's the direction that we're used to or that will in the long run work in their benefit or in our benefit well it kind of looks like the record books like you know i mean yeah that's what i was thinking like, it definitely you, reminded me that's of that. the record it's like a bigger version of the record books when they had the record books they had like alliance and everything they had they've had the record books ever since what like srl like yeah, um, srl and rise know, of iron rise of iron even like moments of triumph like of that year before rise of iron so, I mean, they've had, like, this kind of, like, system before. This is just, well, over the whole season. Like, this is additional you're going to get. This isn't, like, you're paying extra for or anything like that. You're getting this on top of what you're getting in that season and everything. And there's a free track. So you have to spend no money if you want to get additional rewards. Just for playing the game. Just, you know, so, I mean, I think, I think it's a, you know, I think it's a good idea because it gives people an incentive you know, for playing. It will, you know, we'll see, we'll see it in practice when we, when we play, you know, and I'm sure they want our feedback too. They said that they want us to give their, our feedback. That's, it's a good po point that, uh, I think it was, uh, Justin Turner or, or I can't remember his name, exactly one of the devs. He's like, the only people who are going to like decide what, uh, destiny goes from here is Bungie and its players so i mean that's that's it right there and we just gotta hope yeah. that they 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 keep true to that and um it's yeah. kind of like how data yeah. was saying you know uh, one of his uh latest videos he was talking about e even microtransactions at least in, in right now or at least in the be best state that they have been in you know what i'm saying and, and obviously moving forward i just in my opinion i don't feel like i mean you should i mean yeah you can have a couple things you know you know, behind some kind of paywall, but the overwhelming 90% majority should be, hey, you can either buy it now, cosmetically, all, all this is cosmetic, by the way, you either purchase it, or grind your heart out, and you can get it with the bright dust, you know, I'm cool with that, if you grind, you can get it, you ain't gotta spend a dime, but if you wanna get that, that shell or whatever, like right away, and you got five bucks, why not, I don't care. You know, and they're also, like, they're not going to take any money, like, until, like, there's only two to four weeks left in the season. Because they don't want people just buying it, like, you know, s swiping their credit card and then getting everything, like, at the, you know, at the outset. Oh, yeah. That reminds me, too. One of them even said, uh, I forget what video they were in, or uh, what Twitch Twab it was. I think it was, like, a month or so ago. The whole Whisper mission was created from, from all of our collective microtransaction money. That, that whisper mission wouldn't have yeah, existed it, it if, was... if it wasn't for the microtransactions. So you see that they're taking, at least they're taking their money and putting it into the game. I'm cool with that. Yeah. You know, if you're taking that money it and we're was... getting all these new activities and stuff like that, cool. I'm with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was the people buying the ornaments for Whisper funded the Zero, zero Hour yep. mission. Yep. The that's one it. for Outbreak, yep. which I think that's phenomenal. So, like, I'm. I was really hesitant to do microtransactions when it was Activision and Bungie, because I was like, 
Is it going to Bungie? Is it going to Activision? Is it split? We don't really know. But now that we know that it's just Bungie, I'm more willing to spend silver on, like, a weapon ornament or something cool. Yeah, and that's the dialogue that I'm hearing, you know, from a lot of people yeah. now, you know, so... Let's move on to the next question. For one actual, what is your favorite snack while you're Ooh, waiting snacks. in orbit for an activity to start? And Guardians, we've all been there. When you're just sitting in orbit waiting to start a raid, there's like four people, two people are like doing something else while you're waiting. What's, what's that go-to <laughs> food for you? Go-to food, man. You know what? When it comes to streaming, and I probably should, I I don't really snack or, or like or even when I'm gaming, I really snack. I get drinks. I'm a drinking person. I drink energy drinks. I drink Gatorades. I drink waters. Oh, yes. I'm always drinking. So, but if I had to pick a snack, you know what, man, I'd have to go with maybe um something I could pop in. So maybe like some sunflower seed kernels or something like that. Just something I can throw in and just keep going. But uh, I I legit don't eat snacks at all. <laughs> I make a steak real quick, you know, before I get into a rant. I did that my last raid. Hooked up a steak. In between, like mechanics going from four four, I take a take a piece of steak, man. You know, that's what I did. Something you could use a fork. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So get your hands all messy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best way. I know Cornholio's favorite snack. <laughs> I think I can take Good a guess. Good old bag of chips. <laughs> Good old bag of chips. <laughs> I do like I do like my Doritos. Oh. Cream soda. That's awesome. Well, you know my my favorite thing though, Ben and Jerry's. Oh, that's that's go to. I mean, the only thing that sucks about Ben and Jerry's is you have to finish that quick, and if you're in a crucible match, nobody got time for that, you know. So, it comes a challenge. But yeah, um, once it starts to melt, you gotta like get it back in the freezer, or whatever. Exactly, you're not gonna eat it all exactly. in one sitting. How do you play with, when you eat Doritos? Just like you just That's eat the Doritos, and you just clean like, your hands you? real quick. Like no, <laughs> no. Well, you know you have you have wipes, and in between matches, you know sometimes it takes a minute or two. And you know if I got a bag of Doritos, shit, why not? Why not? Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So you got like a whole thing of wipes next to you <laughs> when you eat Doritos. You gotta make sure you got the wipes with you. Yeah, make sure you crunch it really loud in the mic. <laughs> I will make sure to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Good times. What about you, Dark Angel? What's your Ooh. go-to food? Ooh, my go-to food snack when I'm playing. Oh man, um, I kind of like one actual. I don't really eat a lot when I'm gaming. I mainly drink stuff, so I'll drink either a chai tea or. My favorite hot chocolate, even in summer time. I have a problem. Okay. I have a problem. Hot chocolate. I thought you were going to go in a different direction when you said drink. <laughs> there. We got like Starbucks yeah. like all over there, so I'm sure. Dude, you, Starbucks. Like, oh yeah, awesome. oh yeah. There's yeah. in Seattle. There's a Starbucks every freaking block. Yeah. So like, I if I I would have myself a nice ultimate caramel like uh, frappe. Like, that, that would be mine. 
choice. Now I'm craving Starbucks I, again. I know what I'm no. doing. I'm done with this. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to like... You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on. One actual, what are some important lessons that you learned along the way as a streamer and content creator? I know you said you've been doing this since 2015, so it's been a minute. Like, what are some important lessons that you can share with maybe fellow content creators who are starting out? Advice as far as uh, growing their channels or just some things that pitfalls? Well, I, I guess I'll just answer both. Um, well, I mean, I would say, like, uh, the biggest thing is watch what you say. Because everything you say has consequences. Not just with Twitch TOS, but just with other creators. You never know who's in your channel um, at the time. Um, when I, uh, for example, when I was streaming uh, 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 Destiny, um, I remember I matched uh, a couple of known content creators. And one of them, who I'm not going to say anybody's names, obviously, uh, one of them always seemed to have an issue with me. I never had any issue with them. I've never said anything negative about them. I've actually liked the guy for a while. But whenever I would match him, he, he would always throw, like, just random shade. And I was, and I was like, I wonder why he's, he throws that kind of shade. So he was doing that for a while. So one day, uh, it was a Black Shield match. Uh, matched him and a couple of creators. And, um, and he beat me. And all, and all I said was, well, GG's to, you know, this streamer. I was like, I was like GG's to just that streamer, not the other one. And it, it went crazy. He took, like, apparently somebody that was in my stream at the time took the clip, sent it to him. He played it on stream. Um, then he made a clip of his own. That mess went to Twitter. He put it on Twitter. Uh, angry mobs started flowing in my chat. My, my viewers started going up, and people were coming in. F you, bro. You think you're talking about? You ain't nothing. And it just got really crazy. And then he came in. He started saying some stuff, and I told you, just like I said earlier, I'm going to say something. I'm not the guy to just kind of just hit a band wall and just ignore it. I'm going to say something. And so I started saying something back to him, and it, it got pretty wild. You know, eventually it went to, hey, I see you at Guardian Con. It's going to be on. It's, gonna, it's like that, you know, and, and freaking <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> basically I say all that to kind of say, like, you never know who's in your stream. If you have any negative issues with any creator, me or any creator on this entire earth, as far as everybody's concerned, you love everybody and you have no issue with anybody. Just keep it to yourself. If, if what's coming out of your mouth isn't something positive towards another person, if somebody asks you about this person, you know what I'm saying? You just say, like, I, you know, just don't answer it. You know, don't answer it unless it's positive. Um, and, as, uh, and as far as, yeah, and people love to blast people, especially like big streamers like to blast affiliates trying to just do their own thing all the time on Twitter. It's actually crazy how much I see that. Anyway. Um, on the positive side of it, um, as far as growing and stuff like that, as, as a creator, it's, it comes down to how well you market yourself. We live on a saturated platform now. I personally believe that I kind of got into it before it got saturated, before the affiliate process, before all that stuff came out is when I kind of got my foot in the door. Um, but right now, if anybody is trying to grow their, their, uh, their content, even whether it's uh, Twitch or anything, but just keeping it on the Twitch level, um, it's not how good your content is and all that kind of stuff that all that plays into it, but it comes down to how well you market. You can have the best stream, most positive person, coolest overlays, music, everything's perfect. But if nobody sees you, you know, you know, you don't get no viewers, you don't grow. So what really um, will help you to grow is stuff like that is how well you um, you're active on social media, dedicate time to social media, not just retweeting. I don't know how many times I see like, like social medias and it's just like you go through their twitter and it's just i'm live i'm live getting live i'm live getting live 
there's no content besides when you're live like go on bigger you know socials you know like you know bigger content creators uh and get vocal you know talk with them they talk about something you know answer it you know get active on social media you have followers that talk to you reply to them that that makes communities you know more tight because they know oh my creator's down to earth he's not just this hollywood guy you know oh wow he replied to me you know stuff like that it makes you know it it brings the you know the balance in but you want to be able to do that as well as dedicate time and hanging out in other streams obviously don't go in there and say hey guys i'm going live in 20 minutes bro when you're done with this jerk off you can come over to me you know just but just be in there and just be cool with people every host i've ever received when i was growing and even to this moment are from people who are were just cool and they just see me in their streams you know what i'm saying think about it as yourself as a creator ask my chat this and i was i was you know, my, my chat, you know, unanimously agreed. I was like, are you going to host somebody that you see in your stream that you see is cool? Or are you going to host just a random name, you know, that when you go through the director, like, oh, eeny, meeny, mighty mo. Now you're going to be like, oh, that's, oh, that's homie from my stream. Or he comes around, so let me check him out. I'm going to host him. Or, I'm, I'm, you know, they're more, you know, likely to come into your stream and support you because they see you supporting them. So not, it's not just about your content, but you also want to make sure that you dedicate time in other people's spots active with their chats because then their chats will be like you know if you're talking to them they'll see you and just like hey i remember you from crafty's chat what's up dude and and that's what makes it so whether or not you will grow or whether you will not grow in this day and age on this saturated platform whether it's this or mix or anything you want to be a content creator you got to put that extra time in because just putting out putting out good ass content is not going to get you to the promised land yeah i think building out relationships is very important and that's that's such a awesome bit of advice thank you for uh sharing that absolutely to move on to a lighter subject what would you say is your favorite gaming console of this generation pc <laughs> no <I> was, okay. <laughs> you know what it's like it's like you guys were saying earlier with the switch i'm really loving the, the strides that the switch is making but as, but as far as answering right now, PS4, to me, it still has that dominant force that's driving. But I hope when, the, when we get into the next war with the PS5 and the Xbox, whatever the heck they call it, I, I really hope Xbox does well. Because if Xbox does well and it really puts a hammer to PlayStation, that, that puts you know a war between them, which is good for the consumer. You know what I'm saying? Because you have... If PlayStation is just running it and there's not a thing that Xbox or Switch or anybody else can do, PlayStation can do whatever they want. And we all know PlayStation's practices. That's true. But if Xbox is yeah. giving them stuff and they kind of, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, hold up, Xbox is taking it. Like the 360 days, when Xbox 360 goes against PS3, Xbox was bringing it. And they had esports, mm-hmm. they had Call of Duty, and they had they were pushing Halo. Gears was in its prime. You know, it's like people were like, oh, I'm getting an Xbox. I want to play that. And PlayStation had to, you know, they had to fight with them. But I feel like Xbox One kind of went down a little bit. PlayStation got all the, the you know, got the esports and all that kind of stuff, and they just run in it. So I really hope that these other platforms bring it. But to answer the question quickly, uh, uh, PlayStation 4, in my opinion. Yeah, it's funny because, like, after the big success of PS2, like, they came out with that $600 price tag on the PS3, and that's what, like, scared a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of people were on the 360. And the fact that they were had the cell processor on PS3, so it was hard to develop for and everything. Yep. So they had a they had a hard time. I mean, they caught back up, but it you know they had to drop the price of that system like enormously mm-hmm. to actually they they lost money in that generation. I feel. Yeah. 
But then, but then PS4, yeah, they killed it this past one. Um, but they've got to be very consumer friendly with this the one coming up. Otherwise, Xbox could, you know, show them something because they got they're going to have X Cloud. You're going to be able to play your games anywhere practically. Yeah, I want that. I want mm-hmm. Xbox to do well as a PlayStation player. I want Xbox to kill it, just for that reason. Yeah. PlayStation, just like you said with that six hundred dollar price tag, yo, Sony don't care, bro. Sony's running it. They're like, yo, oh, what you gonna do, man? You gonna yeah. buy our stuff? Or you gonna go that way? You know, you're like, you know. I don't know, man. If that PS Five comes out at six hundred bucks, that's yeah, that's gonna be a tough, See, that's gonna be a tough pill. For me, as a PC player mainly, I think my favorite console has to be the Switch because. The Switch offers me what the other consoles really can't. There's a select few games that are Xbox exclusive that I won't be able to play unless I have an Xbox or a few PlayStation games that I can't play. But I think Nintendo has these timeless games that they continue to innovate with that is totally worth having a Switch for. Yeah. And even for like games like... Crash Bandicoot, like being able to play that in portable mode, it's like having that console quality experience, but on the go. I think there's something very special about that. And uh, for me, Nintendo has been killing it this year. Mm -hmm. Smash Brothers Ultimate, like it's only been out for like 10 months, nine months, and it's the best selling fighting game of all time already. Love Smash. (laughs) That's it's crazy. Because they like have DLC coming. In Smash yeah, Two, there yeah, was a Banjo Kazooie. Just Banjo Kazooie just got yeah, launched. Toad is coming. Is coming into a lot. Oh shoot, Toad! You know, no longer has to be yeah. Peach's shield. You know, for the one yeah, move. T- uh, they announced uh, Terry Bogard is coming in November. Like he was part of the SNK universe, Fatal Fury. And then they just announced yesterday too that he's going to do more fighters after this fighters passes up. So hey, Master Chief could get in. He could still get in. Oh man! Dude, oh snap! If Master Chief gets in, man, that 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 will break the internet. I'm telling you, that will absolutely break the internet if he gets in. You know Smash. what? Nintendo has been more open to working with other companies, and so has Xbox. I definitely see that being a possibility. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. The Switch gives you that that casual thing like it doesn't feel like like the switch is just kind of like you just want to chill and play switch where ps4 and xbox is kind of like you know to kind of like you know you want to sweat and all that kind of stuff but you play a switch you know just like you said the crash bandicoot banjo kazooie old school games like dr mario it it gives you that time to just go back in the past kind of and just like just chill gaming which i you know i kind of miss a little bit at times well they're getting everything now like third parties are finally starting to jump on board yeah to the system and, you know, we, we actually picked up some uh, basketball game on Switch. I think it was like 2K19, if I'm not mistaken. It was like $3. So we picked it up on the Switch, and it was kind of cool to play a console-quality game in portable mode. Like, that was a really cool experience for me to play basketball in on the go. Now, the next game that I'm looking at, that I'm going to be looking at closely, is The Outer Worlds, because that's coming to Switch. And I'm really interested. Oh yeah, that, in that looks really game. good. I'm really interested in that game, so I want to see how the port is done for the Switch for that game. You know, because uh, like they don't have a type of Fallout type of game on Switch right now, so that would it's going to be interesting to see that one. Guardians, before we wrap things up, 
for this segment. We do have one more question for one actual, and that is, what's next for you? What are you planning for the future after Shadowkeep? And uh, what can we get excited about with uh, your channel? Well, um, I, I definitely uh, want to continue um, pushing, you know, my Destiny content for as long as Destiny keeps me, for as long as I'm, you know, relevant in that directory. Um, as far as content goes, um, I was I recently got partnered on YouTube uh, making Final Fantasy 14 videos, which I, you know, need to get back into that um, as well. But um, making those guides, I was dedicated to that. And also my horror content, um, scary games. I really love playing scary games as much as they absolutely terrify me. And uh, I really wish, uh, I really hope I can push that um, that content more. Um, even tonight, uh, we're doing, uh, we had an annual horror event thing that I do. Uh, this is the second time, the next, second year that I've been doing this, where I play all kinds of horror games uh, from, you know, Outlast and Amnesia and to these new ones like Blair Witch. I plan on playing that in two weeks and just kind of doing that as we get close to Halloween and stuff like that in the coming months. So I really hope that I could actually, more people would be enjoying that content it allows me to be more instead of just sweating it allows me to be you know more of my comedic side more of my funny side and um and i, I just hope i can create content and just uh and make people happy and make people laugh and just give people an escape to just hang out in my stream and feel like you know like a part of one actual family and like my brothers and my sisters you know what i'm saying on my platform because so many people have came to my stream before and, and told me about how uh, you know, whether they're telling the truth or not, you know, I don't know, I don't judge, but it's just like told me how about how my stream has has pulled them out of some really dark times and stuff like that. People message me on Twitter being like, look, I got no family. I know we message. I decided to hit you up on a whim. What's up? And I'll wake up. And I'll talk to you. What, what, what's going on, man? What are you thinking? I'm thinking this and try to be down to earth and just be there for people, because especially young cats nowadays, they don't have. um you know, um, people to look up to, you know what I'm saying? Our role models and, and all that kind of stuff are they're not pushing, you know, good messages and, and, and it's hard, you know, there's not really mothers and fathers in the household and, and you feel, you know, I feel for these young cats. They're basically raising themselves alone without anybody to really hold them and be like, hey, you know, I got you and I'm interested in you. You know what I'm saying? You, you my family, I see you that way. You know, and I try, I try to give people that and it, it gives me a lot of purpose and meaning and I, I enjoy it my heart so i just hope i can do it for as long as i can uh and if i can't then i mean shoot uh, we'll see we'll see after that you know but yeah gaming the, the true escape you know that's really awesome yeah and we wish you nothing but the best in your streaming endeavors and uh we're excited for the future in Destiny because it looks pretty exciting, especially now that Destiny is going free to play for the base game. And it looks like the Crucible maps are going to be part of that free content. And uh, I think that's a good segue to talk about the state of Crucible in Destiny. And that's kind of our featured discussion tonight. And it's all around the Crucible. Right. And I guess to get started, what do you guys love about Destiny 1 Crucible. What do you guys miss about that? Balance. Yeah. I feel like it was balanced a lot better uh, than it is in this one. And uh, But I mean, they've obviously, D2, they've made a lot of strides and it's it's in a lot better a place than it was at launch. But everything seemed pretty viable. I mean, remember Vanilla? I mean, you had, I mean, it was kind of like everything was OP, right? 
Last word had that two tap thing. Hogmore, Hogmoon could one hit you out of nowhere. Two tap Thorn. If you want to go to Scout Rivals, you got Mida. You could use the Messenger. You had all these choices, and all these guns were so well done, and they were all so strong that you could just do anything, and it was just, and you'd feel, you'd feel strong, you know. Right, right now, I mean, if I don't put on a certain loadout, I'm gonna get destroyed. You know what I'm saying? So I, I feel like the balance is a lot better in that game. Yeah, because there's a whole archetype of weapons that just are not viable right now, and that's scouts. They really need to buff the scouts mm-hmm. and everything. Like, they, they've got to do away with this, like, I don't know, dialogue that they're saying that they can't be, you know, used at long ranges, like, you know, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, because they're worried about somebody sitting back and just pinging away with it, you know? It's just, it's what you got to deal with, you know? It's like, if they're using that weapon, then you just got to... You know, out, outdo exactly you gotta outdo him it's like it, yeah. it gives you a different style of play if you want to be in the back kind of like oh he, he peeks his corner i got him you have a weapon for that if you want to be up close and personal you got a weapon for that it's it's it all leads to more variety of play like you were saying and i'm all for it mm-hmm. i want i want a good combat scout one of these comp seasons a pinnacle weapon i think that'd be great yeah that would be that, pretty cool that would be really dope for them to do that um yeah I feel the same way. I think there was a much better balance in Destiny 1 than there is in Destiny 2. <clears throat> and I think part of it has to do with the switch to 4v4. And they kind of fundamentally changed the Double course primaries. of the Crucible with 4v4 double primaries. And that kind of ruined things. And not only that, but trials going away pretty much indefinitely that was kind of a bummer as well because that was the real last pinnacle activity that we had everything after that was kind of bs if you ask me like yes you had not forgotten and luna's hell both of which which uh, they were both nerfed right and how do you guys feel about that are you guys okay with the nerf how do you guys feel about it now looking back i think reb didn't didn't reb talk about it saying that he's kind of glad they got nerfed because uh just being like them being the only choice basically on like console and everything because that you know the boom is just so bad on console and everything with the hand cannons but the 180s didn't have the boom so, I mean, on PC, they were good, too, but you could, there were still other hand cannons that you could use. You could use Ace. You could use Ace on PC, and it's not trash. Like, it is a console. Yeah, and just like Shadow was saying, it's, it, was, it was mainly a console nerf, in my opinion. Even how it was on PC, to be able to use, even in its 180 state, to be able to use Not Forgotten on a mouse and keyboard requires a very good skilled mouse use, because you have to trace. It's very hard to trace, uh, to trace ahead the entire time and pull it compared to just like an AL 140 or 150 where you got you got that time in between to put back on target. But when you're using on console, yeah, there's there was that's the only thing you saw at Legend. You saw Dust Rock Not Forgotten. You weren't using Dust Rock Not Forgotten. You were some great sniper that was using something else, and you weren't really challenging like the like your boys were. You know, it was the only option. But in its in its new state, I still use Not Forgotten. Uh, on console and it still does work you know what i'm saying but on, on pc i feel like the gun is just completely non-existent but if you put a controller on then you know it, it's it feels like it's, it's 
you know, pretty viable on PC as well. But mouse and keyboard players don't even touch it anymore out of its 180 state. Just like, yeah, gone. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a controller scrub. I use hey, you use controller. I don't know. I mean, believe I all use, that stuff people say. I hey, use controller, <laughs> bro. We use whatever you want, man. Bungie made it that way. <laughs> it feels good. It feels good to use a controller. Yeah, just it's just that feels good in my hands. That's what I'm used to. I'm, you know, I grew up on consoles. So it's, you know, it's my comfort zone. Looks like we got a question from uh, Silence in the chat. He's saying, "How do we all feel about the media slamming violent video games?" Games. Touchy subject. Ooh, that's a big subject. Touchy subject, mm. yeah. Yeah. Who wants to go first on this one? I think those people oh. are hypocrites. Like a lot of them. Because I mean, yeah, look I've... at all the violence in like, you know, movies and shows and stuff like that, you know? But then they want to come attack the video games and everything. Just because there's shootings that happen, you know. Blaming the games, not not blaming the problem like at hand that causes it, like the guns and everything. Um, you know, they they just want to blame video games, and I just feel like video games are they're like trying to create the scapegoat and everything. And I, and a lot of it's they oh just, go, sorry, go ahead, dark. No, okay, okay. Well, I feel like the media is just trying to find something to blame. Because they're like, oh, there has to be a reason. Oh, uh, video games. Video mm-hmm. games have guns. There's, that's got it. Like, I feel like they're just grasping at straws, honestly. Yeah. And it's very frustrating as a gamer. When there's been scientific evidence proven that video games don't make people violent. Yeah. There's no evidence. It's just extremely frustrating. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that you even see when they when they even bring that to the equation is because they found out that home that dude that did... This violent shooting, you know, played Call of Duty. Oh, it had to have been the games that did it just because it was in his past. Every time you look yeah. at it, they just bring up that he played it. You know, you don't know how often, yeah. you know, for example, he played it and all. It's so many other things. They just leave all that out just to say, oh, he played God. He played Mortal Kombat. This is the reason, you know, without even really even diving any more into the subject. Like, try to find them dive any more into the subject besides the quote unquote fact that he played it is all they have to go off of. So it's just. It's just bad research. It's just, I don't know, drama. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my feeling on this is that video games are being used as a scapegoat for other underlining problems. And it's unfortunate because ultimately, if video games are a problem, then so are movies, right? And there are much more violent movies out That's there that That's why the hypocrites are able to access. So I don't really understand why video games would be targeted as a medium because I, I think that there are so many other circumstances that can make somebody go and do something so heinous. And it's not right in any way, but I also don't think that a reaction like banning all violent video games from the store shelf is the right answer. And I don't think that blaming video games is the right response. I think that video games can be a very beneficial medium to the educational sector. I think they're good for kids for their motor motor skill development, and I think that they're really fun to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
if anything, I think video games are benefiting our society and not really hindering our society. And it's really cool where the technology is going because in the future, we'll have platforms that can all run 60 frames as a standard. And then we have virtual reality, which is an up-and-coming technology, which is really freaking cool, especially with games like Beat Saber. I mean, we have the ESRB in place. They, they, there is the, the video game ratings on you know, the software. You know, the, that's why we have the E for everyone and, you know, the... Uh, the T for teen, M for mature, M for mature, and then M for mature, and yeah. then whatever's after that. It's yeah. been there ever since '94. After the um, hearings, like they had of the violent video games back in '92, when they were accusing Mortal Kombat and Night Trap and all those games and everything. Yeah, back in the day, you know, that's the ESRB was birthed from those hearings. You know, so we regulated, we did our due diligence. We don't need like politicians out there who don't have never played a goddamn game in their life to come and attack our attack us and everything. Attack the gamers. Exactly. I'll talk about what you don't know anything about. Exactly. I think that's just an ignorant response to the situation and it's the wrong response and it's essentially blaming something that isn't the problem at its core. Right? And I think that's all I'm going to say on this because I don't want to make this into a political discussion, but I definitely don't think video games are the problem. And going back to the last year in the Crucible, in the last, let's say, couple of years, right? We still had Forsaken and Destiny 2. How would you say that Destiny 2 has changed with its Crucible from what we had in D1? Um, well, I mean, they, they tried to start it off trying to make it competitive and, and stuff like that. That's why we had the 4v4 mode, because they, they saw how with the balancing stuff that we did with sweats and stuff like that, with the 4v4 sweats and all that kind of stuff, and how well it was received by the community, that they could do something with it in, uh, in, uh, in D2, but... I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'll let Shadow take this one. Then we had the team shot meta that kind of birthed from yeah. that, basically. And it just was just like super stagnant. Like, you know, just leaning, leaning all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it was just a very, it just got very boring. Like, unfortunately, you know, the maps were, they they weren't as good as they were in D1. I thought the D1 maps were excellent and everything. Yeah, there were a few maps that I didn't like in D1. But I would say, like, almost every map in D1 was better than the maps in Destiny 2. Silo, the Cauldron, the go on, go on, Twilight Gap. Twilight Gap. <laughs> Widow oh, yeah, Score. Twilight Gap was a good one. Yeah, I even Black Shield. One. I like Black Shield in most Destiny 2 maps. And that's saying something, because that map was not good, because the doors and everything yeah but i would i would play black shield right now you give me black shield i'll play (laughs) (laughs) everything so that's that's how i feel i mean i hope they get there i they're rebuilding the crucible basically they said they got to rebuild the foundation so they they're bringing that's why they're bringing back widow's court and twilight gap and they're throwing them in crucible labs so they can see how they're gonna play and everything you know, and with elimination too. So that should tell you something right there. 3v3, hello. 
trials. Oh yeah, three v three was a lot better because I did play some four v four like back in um in Destiny too. I've I've played comp because you know I'm grinding that revoker and recluse and whatnot. And three v three at packs, it felt a lot better mm. in my opinion. It felt I don't know because like there was more. I don't know, it just felt more Destiny, I guess. I'm not really that... I didn't really play a lot of Trials. I'm gonna be honest, I never went flawless. Ever. Because I'm lame. <laughs> but I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how I would... That's how I would take it, you know, too. Because I... Yeah, it just feels more like Destiny. Like... What they brought, you know, to D2 is when they tried to make the tri trials, trials of nine and everything, it just, it didn't hold my interest like D1 trials did. You know, it just, it just became very, I don't know, samey and everything. Like, you go on that map, like in, what was it, uh, Equinox or mm -hmm. something like that, or Eternity, one of those maps. And it just was like, what is this environment? <laughs> You know, I mean, it's it just felt like there was more heart in the in the maps in D one and just Crucible in general. It's like they kind of tried something, you know, and it just kind of didn't pan out. And everything that's why they're like, all right, well, throw all that crap away. We need to bring back like six v six. We need to give the people what they want. You know, they give them back their destiny, give them back their Crucible that they they know and love. They went in the wrong direction in Destiny two. And I think that they had to reset in a sandbox that wasn't necessarily designed for what it was resetting to, right? So now they have to go That's back why they're and rebuilding. fix That's why they have to rebuild issues. It. And uh, interestingly, actually, Lars Bakken went out on Twitter and he said that he essentially apologized for 4v4 and he stated that it was his decision and that it was a mistake. So that yeah. was interesting. I mean, but, um, that's that's good that you know he came out and owned the responsibility. I'm sure it's, it takes more than just one person though to create the whole four v four stuff. But, yeah, you know, Shadow is, is hard today on on the Bungie team. I love it. Keep it one hundred, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm just being honest. 100. You know, it's like. Hey man, I'm I hear you. You know, sometimes you gotta give tough love. And yeah, four v four was kind of a mistake. And if you think about it, Crucible is a very important aspect of the game, and I to this day cannot understand why they made Crucible essentially an afterthought this year. Because they put no emphasis on it, they put no consideration to their PvP player base who is important for the core game that's where you get the most viewers on twitch and that's how you get a lot of marketing support from the content creators and for them to abandon such a large player base i think that was a mistake you know and i i kind of think free crucible maps kind of a mistake because if you think about it since they promised free crucible maps, we've gotten no crucible maps. So if that's the economy of scale we're living in, charge for these crucible maps. I don't mind paying for them, but don't just abandon that whole part of the game. 
Well, I think, again, I'm one of two minds here, again, because a lot of, you know, games now don't charge for their maps and everything to keep the player pools together, the player base together and everything. You know, and I guess before, you know, when it was more like you paid for that DLC and you got the maps, and if you didn't, you, you didn't get the maps. So they were trying to adapt, I feel like, too, and everything. But it was also kind of like, oh, was this the reason why they were free? That you felt like we didn't, you didn't have to make maps and everything. I just think they had kind of a, you know, unfortunate like timing, like doing the annual pass and trying to create all the content for it and stretching themselves so thin. They they neglected the crucible. They just flat out neglected the crucible. So I mean, it's it is what it is, but. It looks like, you know, they're trying to give a more, more of an emphasis on that. You know, they, they realized that, yes, this was, we did not give love to Crucible that whole year. We're going to make a change and we're, you know, we're, we're rebuilding. And I do think Crucible Labs is a first step. But the question is, will this be enough to bring the hardcore PvP players back? Like, are we all going to be playing Crucible Labs this fall? Or is it going to feel like, well, not only am I getting shitty rewards, but I'm getting no rewards from this activity at all? Well, right? that's my question. So, is Are those maps going to be in just Crucible Labs for Widow's Court and um, Twilight Gap? Or are they going to be I don't think so. I think they might be in, in the normal rotation. They should be. Yeah, That's, that'd be weird lives. if they did it like that. I wouldn't really agree with that. Yeah, that would be really weird. I mean, I'm going to want to jump in Crucible Labs because I want to play Elimination. I'm like, I've missed that game mode for so long. Mm -hmm. You know, because just 3v3 Destiny, like, it felt great. Like, playing, you know, 3v3 Elims. That was just, when we weren't playing Trials, it, when it wasn't the weekend, we were playing 3v3 Elimination. Yep. So one actual, what, do you, what are your thoughts on Crucible Labs? Will you be playing it? Are you excited about it? What's the overall feeling among the top well, tier mic Crucible players? Is there, I think I got what you're saying, but yeah, your mic's cutting out a little bit, big dog. Okay, so what do you think about this whole Crucible Labs thing? Do you think it's enough to keep you as a player engaged this fall? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I plan on, on doing it a lot. Um, um, Elim was my favorite game mode. Uh, I held the number one title for months before I was like, dude, I'm sick of no lifing this just to keep my spot in D1. So I, was, so I love Elim, and I, I'm down to try it all. I mean, I don't see myself playing Crucible Labs only. You know what I'm saying? The entire time, but I'll probably, I don't know. Like I jump in, like even with the last crucible as a lockdown and showdown or, or whatever those game modes were called, I jumped in, tried it out. Oh, this is cool. And it never really touched it after that until, you know, obviously it came in because, you know, I just really wasn't, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody just plays crucible labs. Like even when I would jump into crucible Labs, I would just match the same team <laughs> the whole time, like the same four or save three or just be sitting in orbit seven out of eight, just waiting for somebody, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, Oh yeah. I remember those days, you know? So I, I feel like crucible labs, just unless they give us a reason to like, Hey, you grind crucible labs, you know, there's, there's an armor set. There's a reason to do it. 
it, to my knowledge, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's just Crucible Labs, just your right, you know, your opportunity to test the game, oh, you know, play it out, see if you like it, and then it's just like a testing ground, like, oh, yeah, that was cool. All right, back to quick play, back to comp, back to raids, or whatever, you know. What do you think about the um, single player comp? I, I always like, love that idea. I, the, the, it's, we call that in so, COD a freelance playlist. That's what we would call it. Mm-hmm. When it's just one person goes in. I think that's great. I mean, I plan on with my accounts personally, like I plan on just playing the solo version. You know, that's because it keeps the balance. You know, it you can't just get with your squad. You know, you get to see who who can bang on an individual level, yeah. not just who who has the, you know, the sweatiest friends, the sweatiest group at the time, you know, it's like, oh, I'll be jumping in back and forth, but the whole three for three survival thing, even though survival isn't really my particular thing, you know, I see the three V three survival being a lot more positively received than comp is right now. And I, I look very much forward to the solo uh, comp playlist. I really do. That's going to be fun. Yeah. What, what about you, dark angel? Even, even. I am really looking forward to the, uh, solo queue because that's what i've been doing for revoker and it's been me going up against four stack and another four stack and another four stack and then my glory goes down the drain (laughs) so i've been like kind of very i'm very happy about it in my opinion yeah i was extremely happy myself too when i saw that because i was talking to corin and i was like what if there was a solo comp and everything you know, because I mean, that would be really cool because I mean, just have the option so you don't have to go against four stacks all the time. You know, it just, it, it, yeah. I kind of predicted solo queue like weeks before yeah. we were talking about it being a feature and then all of a sudden they made it happen. And I think that's going to be a really welcoming feature in Destiny because the matchmaking did need some tweaks to say the least. And I think they're starting to address it. And it's going to be interesting to see how this will impact matchmaking and the competitive experience for most players. Yeah, because they said the glory is going to change too. How, you know, if you win or even if you lose but do well, you know, you, you won't be penalized like as much, I guess, like from what I could tell, what he was saying. Yeah, I was very confused reading that, you know, as well. Yeah. Because I feel like, I don't know, I come from a different era of gamer and just person. If you lose, you lose. You lose the same amount of comp scores there, but now it's like, well, Timmy lost, but Timmy did so well, so let's not hurt him that much and only take away five points. Like, oh, man, Timmy, you lost, bro. You you go down. You win, you go up. You know, I I don't really know, so I have to kind of read it, but... I don't know. I feel like I can see that working more for the solo though, because you can't really control like what what the other players like. You could get matched up with people that are you know not good at all, and you're carrying like the whole time and everything, you know, on your team and the solo playlist is what I'm saying. Okay, I also feel like I mean that's what the points are for. You know, the the bungee matchmaking system yeah. is supposed to put you in people that are among your level you know obviously you'll find some guys that yeah. just started in the 300 some that are actually legends that just started later or whatever but i, I feel like you know it, it should just balance well, gonna it either be way so, well that's the thing with new light it's going to bring in so many new players like there's gonna be so many people more players playing destiny because you got to think of that whole steam mm-hmm. population who's going to jump in and just try it you know because it's free to play like crucible 
know, people who like PvP and just gonna hop on and hop in the crucible. So, so. I, say, I say get good. <laughs> get the guns, what's get that, good. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> get good, yeah. <laughs> GG. GG's. So, what are some things that you guys are excited about with Crucible that's coming this fall with Shadowkeep? Yeah, we'll select your game modes. You know, from the sounds of it. Be able to like select control, and you know, they're just doing away with the quick like quick quick play comp thing. You know, so it's pretty. They're just gonna have like what do they say like mix, like mix playlist or something like that. Mm-hmm. And some um, are gonna rotate weekly. Yeah, um, just being able to just select your game modes and everything. You know, just getting that familiarity back of Destiny One. You know, like when. Crucible was at its like finest. You know, just that, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't for me personally, I mean I don't know anything that's new. I mean, yeah, they got that. That's that's pretty cool, but for me, I just when it, when it's not about, you know, just you know, helping somebody to get uh this rank or get this certain weapon. As far as me, what makes me want to go into Crucible is I want to I want to get something out of it. You know, I, like I want there to be some kind of table. So as far as everything, I'm I'm just like okay, yeah, let's let's see how Crucible goes in this next state. I'm I'm me and a lot of Crucible players. We're more concerned with how the meta is and the balance is as far more than I think the majority of the community is is kind of like how Shadow said. They're more interested in okay, what's going to be you know what are the, the okay cool we get this mix playlist and this this and that but i think like for like all of us are just diehard crucible players all we care about is our meta that is literally what we look at the twab where's the where are they going to talk about the pvp because we want to know about the well, meta. we got a, we got, a, we got a sandbox this yeah week. sandbox like that's the... what we're all like lining up notifications on like okay what are they gonna, what about this gun what about how's Aaron tell on console or, or what about this i heard there was a catalyst uh they're gonna add sunshots gonna have 12 shots now and a, the new catalyst for thorn what's that about we're more concerned about how the guns and the whole experience affects our crucible you know what i'm saying and and so uh, me personally i'm just i'm waiting for that you know as far as all this stuff yeah i'm gonna play the mechs absolutely i'm gonna play the mix i'm gonna play the solo i'm gonna do it all but you know i'm, I'm more concerned with am i gonna jump into any of those playlists and deal with with you know some broken weapons some broken meta and some lord of wolves in the whole time like oh cool i got this whole mixed playlist but lord of wolves is raining you know like how was it it's obviously not now it's not as crazy but i mean when it was broken it's like am i gonna get my whole crucible experience ruined because of one freaking gun <laughs> you know no matter what i do or what you know so i'll wait and see i mean there'll there'll be another op weapon yeah there like always is gonna, yeah. yeah it's just see I I think for me, I kind of agree more with one actual here because new maps, always welcome, and also how our weapons change over seasons because for me, I'd love to see scout rifles have a moment to shine in the game. And uh, that would be really interesting to see them bring us a pinnacle crucible scout rifle. That would be really awesome. So I'm kind of curious to see how they implement that. I, I want to 
get the new Crucible Pinnacle weapon, and I hope they really make it good. And I hope it is a scout rifle, because that would be pretty, pretty awesome. I hear that. To move on to the next point, what do you what do you guys feel about Crucible today? Like, how are your feelings on it today? Are you excited about it? Are you enjoying the Crucible today? Does it feel like it's getting old? Uh, the biggest problem, I would say, uh, uh, just you know, just trying to also be a voice for other people as well as myself, is um, it, it's the supers. The guns on console, you got Aaron Tell. On PC, you still kind of got some annoying Lord of Wolves ish, even though it did get nerfed. But as far as the guns, I don't really see anything that's like OP OP. People just want to spare rations and want this, but I don't see like a broken gun in the state. So that's good. But it's the supers, which they talked about in the TWA. But I mean, we'll see because these supers are raining and super mods are raining. You go into in comp legend comp, this is what you're going to deal with. You're going to deal with nothing but roving supers. You're going to deal with the bottom tree striker. You're going to deal with the dawn, <laughs> dawn blade. He's going to have five super mods and they are going to chain orbs the entire time. And you can try to baby it if you want to, but if you ain't got power or a team that doesn't run, there's nothing you can do. You either run. It, that's the one thing, man, that, that I used to love about D1. When you pop the super, I wanted to clip you. You know what I'm saying? And everybody yeah. did. You pop self-res, people wanted to snipe you. You you know, you pop, mm -hmm. people wanted to, you know, shotgun melee you. They wanted to contest your super. But you're telling me, us as Guardians in D2, although we slay deities and Riven and, and all this stuff, that, that Titan pops the super and we run? No, I want to hurt you. I want you, like, oh, you want to pop a super? Come on. You know, oh, that's what we want to feel as Guardians. Guardians, we're supposed to always feel powerful. We're the most powerful entity in the universe from what it feels you know it's like and yet we run when another one like us you know pops a super instead of challenging him and so the state of crucible right now is is, is annoying as far as is everything quick playing comp because as soon as the supers come out that's all you deal with went from being a shooting game uh to a run and and chain supers game you know, and so with the super things being toned down, I mean, hopefully they, they tune it down enough because sometimes they tone down and then it, it's not actually as toned down as we thought. And then we deal with that for two, three months, you know what I'm saying, before they decide to address it again. And um, uh, so as, as far as a crucible issue, that's the biggest issue we're all having right now, whether it's sweats, whether it's comp, where it's quick play is just supers and super resilient. So if that once that gets toned down, it, it'll be a lot funner experience across the board because you'll be able to shut them down. So they won't be able to chain and the orbs won't be able to do as much. So it'll be a lot more in the like we said, at the very, very, very beginning, the gunplay of destiny is unmatched, you know, so and that's what we want as well as the power, you know, and the supers and stuff like that. But like in D1, yeah, that's you know. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do is uh, shut down a super, like in the Crucible, get that nice crispy snipe yep. on somebody after they pop their super. Like, yeah, I used to be able to do that a lot in D D one. I mean, I've I can I've done it in D two a few times, but not as much as I've done in D one. So, be able to challenge supers more would definitely be better and more beneficial yeah then oh he popped the dog run well, <laughs> you know it's like oh, a run <laughs> like oh why run yeah. <laughs> i mean from what i the build that i played at pax i did say it was an older build the supers definitely felt different you didn't get them nearly as much as you do now because you were playing with 2.0 nice. 
No, no super. Yeah, I've had the Armor 2.0 system. Yeah. People didn't get their supers as much. You had to be much more, like, strategic, especially in the 3v3 Halim version. I, I admit, I did run full intellect. Intellect build on my hunter with Spectral Blades. But that's because I was going for the wins, man. Yeah, you get you know the dub. I, I yeah. understand that. Then I completely. Yeah. But, like. I, I like that Especially dynamic. Especially with Dawnblade. Like, Dawnblade isn't as fast anymore. And you, I was able to kill a few people out of their supers. Oh, so you and were I'm playing like, with the, the You were playing with the, the post-nerf build and everything, huh? Verapax. I believe so. I'm not 100 I was... You could definitely kill people in their supers. It felt a lot easier to do that. Mm-hmm. But they did say this is not... This wasn't, like, 100% like, the most recent version of Destiny 2 and Shadowkeep, because they were still cranking it out, making sure, like, all the tweaks and everything was, like, working right. Well, then I'm curious. And they gave us, like, a really stable build. You, since you ran full intellect, how often did you feel like you got your super? Do you feel like you get it as much as, like, a all-super mod type of setup now? Mm. I think it was definitely less. Like, I only got my super, I want to say, once per the entire match. But I wasn't really doing a lot of the killing. I was more of, like, doing call-outs, figuring out, okay, enemies are coming from over here. Let's watch out. Okay. Um, So so were you able to slot mods then before the match? Yeah, they gave us, like, a minute and a half to, like... Armor 2.0, masterwork your armor, that's masterwork cool. your weapons. See, that's what I'm excited for. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the, the builds and things oh, like yeah. that. So, Dark Angel, that you now that you've played Armor 2.0, how does it feel? Does it feel better? Oh. Like, how does it feel different for you? I love it so much. I'm so excited for it because I'm a very cosmetic kind of player. I like my armor to look good. I care more about looking good than my perks, which I know is kind of backwards. But with the armor 2.0, I can get the armor that I want. Like, the look. So, like, I'll redo the black uh, Scourge of the Past raid on my Titan, get the full armor set, look like a badass, and everything else. And then from there, I'm like, okay. And then you have to upgrade the armor. The only thing that is RNG with the armor is if the armor is arc, solar, or void. That then changes what weapons. So, like, solar was, if I remember correctly, like, shotguns, sniper rifles, scouts, and then void might be pulse rifles and hand cannons and machine guns, and then arc might be something else for weapons. Yeah, it's destiny. There's going to be some element of RNG involved. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which I still like, because that means, okay... Yeah. On my Titan, for example, I run a lot of shotguns. So I'll run a lot of shotgun mods, and then when I can't run shotgun mods, I'll run my melee mods and my whatever else. Like, it's very versatile, and that's what I, I like about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm very happy. I really liked the Armor 2.0. 10 out of 10. Awesome. Very cool. Well, we're really excited to play... This October, we're less than a month away, so get the hype train I'm going. So we're excited. 
So the next thing I wanted to talk about tonight was what are some features and things that we want to see in the Crucible this fall and in the future that we don't yet know about? Like, I know for me, dedicated servers is kind of a big deal, and I would love to see them bring dedicated servers to the game. That's the biggest issue right now. Or you are swapping at a hornet's nest with that one. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. That's absolutely the biggest I mean, issue. It's like nobody wants to get kicked out of games for randomness or, or you're just like you match the wrong guy. It's just got a vendetta and just knocks you off completely. You know, it's, you know, it's frustrating as a creator. It's frustrating as a player, you know, and it's, you know, connection based matchmaking, you know, on anything that's not comp and then dedicated servers, I would say are the two are two for me. I'm hearing that the engine, from what I'm hearing, I don't know if this is exactly correct, that the engine isn't compatible with dedicated servers that they have, that they're using. Breaking my heart. So, but I, I have a feeling that they're, they have a team that is like building the tools right now for the next version of Destiny that will hopefully have dedicated servers. So. I'm hoping that's going on. Yeah. And since, so, because we would have had dedicated servers by now, right? If, if it's something that they could have implemented, we would have, yeah, had, definitely. We would have had that by now. This is the fifth year of the franchise. So, so you, you think, you guys think it's a compatibility issue? You don't think, I think it's a it cost is. issue? I think it is, yeah. I think it okay. is, yeah. We would have had it by now. Would we have not? This is the fifth year of the franchise. Halo had dedicated servers, you know, and that's a bungee game. So they obviously know how to do it. So, yeah. They had Microsoft, though. You know, they had... They... Yeah, they did have Microsoft. Oh, that was what is why? it that oh, okay. Microsoft had that they no I, longer yeah. had? Well, Microsoft, for one of them, you know, it's, you know they have that infrastructure. Microsoft being as savvy as they are with their technology... Of course, they would have dedicated servers. It would only make sense and everything. Because I think, what, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't Halo 5 have dedicated servers? I believe so. I'm not I'm sure every Halo game has that. dedicated. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure Halo Infinite will, too. Everything oh, there. yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's a compatibility problem, like 100%. And I think they're building the tools right now, hopefully, for the the next version, if, if it's going to be Destiny 3, if it's going to be Destiny, um, Poland, something else, you know, if they drop, you know, the two off at the end or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think that is the problem. Right now. I would also really like to see more maps. More map diversity would be a great oh, yeah, definitely. addition to the game. So maybe a more consistent flow of new maps Again, even if it has to be a paid thing, I, I understand they don't want to break players up, but you know what? If they cannot sustain it and give us new maps unless they charge for them, I'd rather they charge us the five ten bucks and give us the good stuff than only give us like one remake, you know, every season. I'd rather see more than that because I think the Crucible deserves more than that and I think it's going to keep people playing the game and having fun and streaming their gameplay and would allow for content creators like yourself to have a bigger medium to where you can do what you do. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, even if they gave us just two maps a season, that's still two more than you've got, like, a season the whole year, last year. Like, if you get two a season, that's like six new maps. Yeah. That's six more than you got for the whole year. You know, you, you do one new one and one, like, rebuilt one from Destiny 1 or something. Because you have that whole pool of maps from Destiny 1 and everything. That I would not mind jumping, going into and playing. Same. Yeah, Destiny 1 did have some pretty good ones. So, and which was built for 6v6. Those maps, were, even the small ones, were still built for 6v6. So, do you guys think that a free-to-play version of Destiny will be a good thing for the Crucible player base? I think it'll uh, increase the size. There'll be a lot more people like in the pool of players and everything. Um, so I think it is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this far into Destiny, I mean, yeah, it should. I mean, the game should have been free to play to begin with there for like, you know, for a while, you know, but it's like, I mean, the game's what, two years old now? I mean, the base game should be free, yeah. you know, it's kind of like we're, you know, like we should have already had that thing done. But yeah, it'll definitely bring people in, especially uh, more on the console side. Um, PC will have an influx. I think the biggest influx for PC was the cross save. But I mean, the free to play thing, I think will really benefit console because I mean, there's obviously like so many more there's console so players. Many registered there's so many registered Steam users out there, though. Like, yeah. so many people. Yeah. But it's like, no matter every, like, I don't know a single game off the top of my head where the PC audience has had more than the place, than the console audience, just because consoles are easier access. You know, so mm -hmm. hence why I say that. True. Uh, let me bring up an interesting point about the cross save thing and Destiny being free to play, because I feel like. The player base will increase, but I'm wondering, is Bungie equipped to handle the player base? Because if you think about it, every time there's a new expansion that came out in Destiny 1 or Destiny 2, up until, I would say, uh, the Season of the Forges, there have been lines to play the game when it first comes out. Like, there was a queue literally making me wait until it can allow me to get in the game didn't that just happen in wow classic too? yeah like, that was nutty oh my oh, god okay. <laughs> i mean so, that happens like, that's gaming in 20 but it's popular culture but if yeah. you think about it wouldn't gaming become more advanced and that would be less of a problem as time goes on because technology is more advanced like that's what i would expect to happen but could be wrong. You would think that, but, you know, like I said, it happened with WoW, and, you know, Blizzard is one of the top developers in the world, you know, so, I mean, it's, <laughs> it happens. You know, when you got that, when you got that many players jumping on at once, you know, it just buckles those servers. But will the issue become worse now that we have a bigger player base, or will they be able to equip enough servers to handle all the you wouldn't want it to go smooth you, you you'd want it to go off without a hitch but i have a feeling that something there might be something that will happen there'll be some sort of queue i'm sure there's just so many people are going to be like jumping on yeah i definitely agree i think there's probably going to be a queue it's been a very consistent thing that happens with every 
release of a Bungie expansion. I remember that happening in Destiny 1, even with the Rise of Iron, yep. Aardvark. The Aardvark Bears, yeah. What are they? The Aardvark. Tapir? The Tapir. Tapir. Over and over, just being like, oh, I can play. Oh, no, I can't. Oh, I can play. No, I can't. I'm just kind of just sitting there (laughs) waiting. Yeah. Waiting for Guffman. See, I, my hope is that they've done more more stress tests with their servers, but I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, yeah, because they wouldn't have seen. They're not going to see that. That's going to be the most influx of players probably since like either when Destiny Two launched and or when Destiny One launched. Just because making a free to play version is just there's just going to be so many more people that have access to the game. Yeah, and um, and obviously I don't know anything about computers or anything, but uh, to my knowledge, just from research, uh, there's a lot of factors that go in. Um, one is like, for example, what happened with the issue with WoW was knowing exactly how many people are going to play Classic because it's a money issue. You buy all these servers, but you don't want to buy too much because that's a lot of money that you're, you know, you could be possibly losing if you have all these extra servers, and then, you know, you if you don't make enough, then you have to go through all the the stresses of, you know, of trying to get people in and then making them as you go along. And then you also have people that do final fantasy saw this a couple months ago, they made enough servers and they didn't have server issues, but there were people that were trying to knock them off. And that's like a really common thing that every company has to deal with in this current time is people would just like to be those people. They just like to not just screw with your servers. You know, you got all these people and I guarantee because it happens with every game, including wow, that, we're all going in. All of us are flooding into the game, and then there's going to be people flooding the servers as well to ruin that experience. Why? For fun? A laugh? For any yeah. reason? You know. So it, there's just so many factors that go into just like to the servers that it's, you know, you make too many, you lose money. You know, you don't make enough. People are waiting. People, your community's upset. You know, and it's just a guessing game, really. It really is just a guessing game when it comes to it. Yeah. So before we wrap up our crucible discussion for the evening, do you guys have a favorite weapon in Destiny? Or let me be a little bit more specific. Do you have a favorite crucible weapon in Destiny? I know what mine is. I would probably have to say Doctrine of Passing. Because it was really Ooh, hard to that's get. That's a good one. Destiny one, yeah. That was my trophy, man, and I got the god roll. I got the best one with the, uh, let's see, Head Seeker and, uh, man, it's been a while. It's been a minute. Forgot it. But that's that's going to be one for me. I'm going to say Yes Luna. Like, Ooh, love my Yes Luna. Yeah, Yes Luna. That's the one. It just had the right perks on it. Luck in the Chamber, I think, like, or a hidden hand or rangefinder, like I had like I had the god roll. So it was just like it felt so good every time using it paired with my sniper. I assume. I'm gonna let dark picks, I'm still thinking. Oh man, you're putting all the pressure on me now. <laughs> Ooh, um favorite PvP weapon. Um Zombie Apocalypse from Destiny 1. I nice. killed so many people with that machine gun. 
Because it basically is kind of like Hammerhead. It had, I think, Feeding Frenzy and Rampage. I can actually go pull out exactly what the role is from Dim. Because Dim is cool like that. I'm going to also say Longbow. I'm going to say Iosun and Tiger Oh, yeah, that's a good one too. Damn. Longbow Synthesis. Uh, looks like Silence in the chat said Universal Remote is his favorite. Oh, yeah, Universal Re- Remote is, was pretty It was good unique, too. yeah. A lot of these. You know, when it comes to me, oh, man, you know what? In the Let's Crucible, see. it's like, oh, man. It's like a lot of the guns now are something that came out for D2, so it's like, I can't really pick them. But, you know, I would literally have to say that I probably have the most fun with the Vex Mythoclast. Like, as far as just oh, that, yeah, Vex that thing that was... in its prime yeah. was amazing. Because I ain't mentioning Pocket Infinity. I think it stayed dead. So I'll go with Vex Mythoclast. Because I love Pocket Infinity. It was so oh broken. That's why you loved it. Yeah, I guess. it was. Yeah, it was. No, I just, I, it was so unique, too. Yeah. Like, that and Vex, like, they were just, like, there was no other weapon, like, in the game. When that thing, like, fired, it was just like, zip, 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 zip. It's like, okay, yeah, the guy's dead. You shot him about 20 times. Yeah. Like, like, in a row with the freaking fusion. It was just so I just, fun. I loved it. And it's never came back. That weapon has never came back. So, I'm hoping in Shadowkeep they bring it back. Same. Nice. They might with the Vex. Yeah, that's what I was thinking with the Vex. We yeah. do know what the raid exotic is, so. That's the, um, what is it? That's the crit. The weapon that makes the like, trace the crit. rifle that makes the whole enemy a giant crit spot, which yeah. I think that's actually pretty cool. That is it's cool. definitely unique. Yeah, we we need more trace rifles. I feel like we don't have enough trace rifles. Yeah, all of our yeah. trace rifles are exotic right now, and it's like, come on, give us some legendary ones. Some legendary trace rifles. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, there's no other weapon in Destiny that like creates like a crit spot or anything like that. So that's unique in its own right. And like the fact that that machine gun that you played with too. And, oh, uh, that was nice. so crisp. I love that thing. It was yeah probably my favorite gun to use in the uh, play test that we got too, because that thing is a monster. It's uh one taps, one tap headshot, obviously, and uh, two tap body. But if you have a weapons of life. Weapons of Light, or Empowerment, or um, the Rift. I'm drawing a blank right now. The uh, Empowering Rift. If you have any of those, it will one-shot. Body shot. Kind of like Izanagi's Burden, if you do the charged one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward. I think that's going to change up the me- meta. A little bit. That'll make the fight for heavy a lot better, because what's cool now is if, let's say, we're all on the same team, and I grab heavy, there's about a five to seven second countdown for everyone on the map, and if you guys run to heavy, you'll also be able to get heavy. That's interesting. So, heavy is shared, is now being able to picked up between multiple people. Yeah. Which that's definitely I, I I like that I like some of those changes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think they mentioned something about the heavy changes in the TWAB this week, so we'll talk about that next. Uh, but before we do, we have one more 
thing that I want to touch on about Crucible, and that is, what is your all-time favorite Crucible moment in Destiny? Ooh. Ooh. I played a lot... I played a lot of Crucible, like in Destiny One, like at least I would say twenty five hundred to three thousand hours worth. I think I played more Crucible than I did PVE in Destiny One, and I guess just going flawless for the first time. I mean, for me, I think it was going flawless. Everyone remembers their first flawless. flawless. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're like me and never went. Oh, no. <laughs> well, you know what? I tried Next... I remember because my friends, they were like really sweaty and really good. And they're like, we'll carry you. We'll carry you. After the first match, they're like, no, you have no hope. You, you can't. Oh, and I'm like, no. Oh, okay. That's mean. Well, Next That's time, if Reb is, on, is out there, I got somebody for you who's oh, man. never done it. She's never oh, been to the lighthouse. So how I mean, cool, they don't do trials anymore in D1. I know which that, is the but sad how thing. cool would it be if it came back in another oh, yeah. season or two? The, the only thing that makes me so mad is, I, I, as you guys probably know, I'm a lore nerd. I will never, ever, ever, ever get 100% Grimoire in Destiny 1 because the only one I'm missing is the one you get from going to the lighthouse. Oh, right. oh dang. Cries. Rise all of the tears. But it's fine. I'm okay. I'm not salty about it. I can, I can read the, the lore tab whenever, or the grimoire card whenever. So so here's the million dollar but, question. If you assembled a team and you went to Destiny 1, is there any possible way for you to get that grimoire today? Nah. No. no, it's literally impossible. What they should do, honestly, is because... What they did um, in the tower, for example, there was the the thing that was behind. Uh, so you, you would go down the stairs. That's where the vanguard was. If you kept going straight over the stairs, there was the area where shacks would be. Or not? Yeah, not shacks. Sorry. Lord Saladin. Can't believe I made that rookie mistake. But um, where Lord Saladin would be for Iron Banner, there was a ghost shell, a, a dead ghost that you could only get if. Well, Saladin was there. When Destiny 2 launched, they got rid of the door, so that area was always open. What I don't understand is why don't they just do something like that with the lighthouse? Didn't they, didn't they do that at one point? Mm -mm. No, uh, they never did that. Oh, I thought they did. Weird. That's what, like, hurts, though, because I'm like, ah. Yeah. But it, it's, it's fine. Like I said, it's whatever. I mean, like, I'm not too salty about it. It's just, like, kind of funny. Because you know how in D2, when it shows, like, your moments and your triumphs from D1, I don't have the trials one, which I'm fine with. Only, like, a little bit salty. I never went flawless in Trials of the Nine, either. I never went flawless in Trials of the Nine, myself, either. Um, I'm just not that big into Crucible. I mean, I like Crucible. Crucible is definitely fun. I do that when I'm, like, kind of getting bored of doing the PvE stuff, like the Forge is... Or farming heroic menagerie, or doing flawless raids. Like, I still do Crucible, and I like Crucible. It's the fun, but I also get really annoyed with shoulder charging titans. <laughs> Those are annoying. And I, yeah, I would say mm -hmm. um, my 
most memorable moment i would say uh before uh d1 was over and uh and in trials and everything was i think it was like actually the, the final day i remember i did a 24 hour of uh trials the last day of trials and there was this young cat in my stream couldn't have been older than i want to say about eight years old apparently he was lurking my stream for a long time which made me you know it was obviously very humbling but same time i you know I, I say a lot of things that I'm like, dang, man, I don't think an eight-year-old should be hearing this on stream, you know. But he was in this, he was in the stream for a while. And he told me he's like, I had never been flawless before. And then I was like, I didn't know even really know his age, so I invited him. I was like, man, this this cat sounds young. He's very articulate. He's very smart. You know, and um but he was shy, bro, broke the ice, you know, whatever young cats in there, I try to, you know, make them, you know, feel like they're like, oh man, I get to play. It's a big could be a big moment for a young cat. You know, and as we were like halfway through the card, he uh, he told me he was like, hey, I, I want to show you something. But I never knew how to how to show it to you. I was like, and I was like, sure. I was like, sure. We're not sending it to me. He's like, I'll send it in your PlayStation message for the next game. So he sent it and I was like, OK, I'll watch it the next or I'll look at it next game. And it was an image and it was a piece of paper. It looked like it was taken off of like an, a little iPhone and nothing like that. And this picture was a little essay. It was a little tiny essay, but you know, you know, like an essay to us is like pages on pages, but you know, for a young cat, you know, an essay is like maybe two sentences, you know, it was like his homework. And, and he wrote on there, um, about me. It was like one actual is, is, is a, is a, is a superhero to me. Uh, he teaches me how to believe in myself. And he's like, he taught me how to believe in myself in that little thing. And I am, I'm, I'm not a soft person, but, but that, that, made me almost go into tears right there and they could just just seeing that that i made an impact in this young cat's life so much that he compared me to superhero and, and that I, I would teach him to kind of believe in himself you know to do things and I, I tried to project that as well after i read it i was like man you can i was like you can do anything matthew and try to you know keep pushing on that as i got him through so once i got him flawless um uh, i also bought him destiny 2 uh, as well the whole thing, the whole digital thing as well is just kind of a gift and stuff like that. It was really hard because he was Dutch, you know, so I had to go through a whole process with the currency and all that kind of stuff and what that seems to be. But uh, I bought him that just because I was like, I'll never forget this. This is one trials run I'll never forget. You know, and that's like that's awesome. the most that's so precious cool. thing I've heard all day. Oh my God. I think yeah. that story may have just made the whole episode. <laughs> you might as well not talk about the TWAB. Five out of five spice tuna rolls. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's moments like that, you know. It's moments like that that just remind you how awesome this community is. Mm -hmm. you know? It's like that's really special. And it also like adds to what I said before about you know you never know who's watching. You know, on the positive side, you never know who's who's in your you know chat and who you, whose difference you're making. You know, I treat everybody with love. That's really awesome. So I think that's a perfect way to segue and talk about some traditional things that we do on the show. We talk about the weekly update that comes out sometimes late, sometimes on time by one of our great community managers at Bungie. And this week is no different. We have a whole new weekly update that looks like we got a juicy it's an one. Essay. We got a lot of things to talk about with this one. Juicy, juicy and, twat. Um, there's so many things here that 
Bungie talks about, including the Crucible. Uh, but first up, Bungie does talk about the Mars Challenge. And the way they describe all of the statistics, they're kind of confusing if you ask me. Because all they're showing is a picture of an ogre, 100%. It looks like That's an escalation protocol symbol, 100%. Wave 7. Wave 7 bosses. Yeah, wave 7 bosses. Okay. Okay. Yep, so we've, re we've reached... It's the... like a puzzle. Man, this is really fun this week. And the uh, okay, other one so then... next to it, the Warmind symbol, that's the, um, the override frequencies, if I'm not uh, mistaken, right? Yeah. Yep, so we got mm -hmm. a, we've reached our goal there, too. So two out of two. And then the next one is, uh, what is it? Nocris. Yeah, Nocris. Nocris Nightfall Kills. And we're at 60,000 out of 150,000, so a ways to go there. And then the one on the right of that is Zol kills in Nightfalls, and we're almost halfway done with that. So Slacking. We're, tra we're tracking. Um, and then the final one is overall Hive kills, like 300,000 Hive kills on Mars. So we're at 161, I'm sorry, 300 million. So we're at 161,134,453. So we're more than halfway to the goal there. Slay the Hive. Yes. Yes, and as a yep. reminder, to qualify for the exclusive community event emblem, you need to complete one nightfall before next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So, there you go. Go ahead and play your nightfall this week if you haven't already, and hopefully we reach this outrageous request by Bungie. Yeah, I've I've played a little bit this week. I think I jumped in and played with um with one of our clan members last night for a little bit. And I'm gonna keep monitoring it like all this week. If we don't reach it by like Sunday, I'll probably hop back on and play some more. Yeah. He's gonna be grinding oh, yeah. hard. We definitely now, I think with the rate at which we're going, I think we'll have it done by Friday, maybe. I think. Yeah, we're killing Tomorrow. it for just being what, two, three days in? Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we're two days in. A lot of people were like, we should get a special reward if we do it in 24 hours. I'm oh, like, that's day, not going to happen. I don't I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I think, didn't Glad say that? He's like, we should get yeah, some Yeah, Glad sort of... was the one is, yo, we should yeah. get something cool for 24 hours. And I'm like, dude, if, if, if they that, were going to do that, then I think a lot more people would have hopped on and everything. Like, to, get, to actually yeah. try to get it done in 24 hours. Definitely, I agree. So, so that was the Mars news that we got, and next up we have something pretty interesting. And the weekly update goes as follows: Next week we're assembling a special strike team for another Bungie bounty, and like always, Yeet. we're leaving a seat open. In keeping with our streaming tradition, this is your chance to find us in the wilds of matchmaking and engage in live combat with the hopes of winning an emblem as your reward. On this occasion, we're putting the price on the head of which Strike Bosses of Fates chooses. And the Bungie Bounty Strike Teams edition will be held on Tuesday, September 7th, in the Heroic Strikes playlist between 3 and 5 p.m. It's also going to be broadcasted on Mixer. 
And I should say 3 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you're on the Eastern Time Zone, it's going to be a three-hour difference. And they're doing strikes <laughs> instead of PvP. That's, that's, that's really yeah, interesting. That's really interesting. Okay, cool. so that's here's the kicker. Yeah, it's a September 10th. It's uh, head of Xbox, it, it Phil Spencer, going up against Pete Parsons, the CEO of Bungie. No, the dream team right there. What? That's <laughs> crazy. You know, they're doing the fusion, too. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. It's a cool-looking emblem. Too. It is a cool emblem. I have to break the Xbox wow. out. <laughs> Man, yeah. me, me too, right? Finally, like, a now reason I'm thinking about I just... Have, I have an advantage I... for once. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to have to sign up for Xbox Live now. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I might do it. Yeah, with the, with the cross-save thing, finally, a, yeah. That is a sick emblem, though. I mean, that's just for a chance. They're probably going to do ones later that are on PlayStation and PC. That's true. Like, I wouldn't sweat. It's such a dope <laughs> emblem, though. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah, it does look cool. It's it like a fire and ice. One side's fire, one side's ice. You know. Yeah, it looks yeah. really, really cool. So who's the fire and who's the ice out of Phil Spencer and Pete Parsons? <laughs> who's the fire? Hmm. What do you guys think? Looking at the image above, it looks like Phil Spencer is the fire. Yeah, it looks like Phil's the fire. Yeah, it feeds the ice. <laughs> okay, so the next topic, I think I'm going to let Shadow Price talk about because I'm a little upset. And uh, it's best for me to not talk about this next thing in the weekly update. Shadow Price, go uh, right ahead. What is this? Is this the... the Collector's edition of Destiny 2? Is this what we're looking at? Just don't, here? don't, just don't. Okay? It's, it's a touchy subject for me. It's sold out, it's not available, and now they're just teasing me in the weekly update. Yeah, you they know, said I'm, they'll launch it. Let me put it this way. I'm taking a spicy tuna roll away just for that. <laughs> That's evil. <laughs> oh, they, snap. Wrong. They said they'll launch as many strikes as time permits with a different guardian from the community as the third player. If you're watching and participate in the chat, there will also be some prizes for you to win as a spectator. We'll have seven Destiny 2 Shadowkeep Collector's Editions to award, and those are otherwise sold out. Our friends at Xbox also have some special prizes up their sleeves, so tune in to watch our, or queue up to fight alongside two of the biggest Destiny fans we know. So, yeah. Get that bread, Guardians. So you're telling me I have to sign up for Xbox Live now? Yep. I mean... <laughs> okay. That's my unless only you want, Unless you want to wait for it to come, you know, the next... To eBay? To the yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I should have gotten it. Sucks. Hey, Dark Angel lives practically next door to Bungie, so I'm going to try to convince her after the episode to maybe sneak in the studio and see if she can maybe buy an extra one. me sneaking into the studio that I'm trying to get a job at is the best idea. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. 
Probably I'll not the best idea. I'm not. I'm. I'll have my little brother do it. I, I don't. I don't know this guy. Nope. Oh man. We're not going to talk in? about it. Information classified, like Metal Gear Solid classified. <laughs> Moving on. Nice. Next topic. Oh snap! All right. So, Shake Shacks. What? This has to be about Lord I've been there Shacks. Once. To Shake Shack. Not Shake Shack. Shake Shacks. Yeah. Shake Shacks. No, Who I've only been once. Apples? I haven't been plural. I've been multiple times to Shake Shacks. <laughs> so what is this about? Many of you have been asking how the Crucible experience will change on October 1st. While we outlined some changes in the Director's Cut Part 3 article, we wanted to put a magnifying glass on the few more upcoming changes. With the Director's Cut, or Director's Update, I should say, when Shadowkeep launches, your Crucible Director will look a bit different. Here's a quick rundown oh, from a Director's Cut. So there are a list of things that Bungie talks about here. Starting with removing the quick play and competitive nodes from the director. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm okay with that one. I like it. I think it looks cool. More Let's options. see what they can come up with. Hopefully they come up with a better system. And if you're looking for an experience like Quick Play and you have a difficult time of letting things go, they have added a classic mix, a connection-based playlist with Quick Play, just like today. Classic mix includes Control, Clash, and Supremacy. This I is forgot a big one. Supremacy was actually in the game still. <laughs> That's true. I was like... So this is a big one. Competitive is replaced with 3v3 survival, which now awards glory. Wow. That's a big that's a big change. So will this be a good change for the competitive landscape? One actual? Um, well, it's uh it's there's two sides to it. Um I think most the majority of people, uh, as well as myself, are like, yeah, that's cool. Um but I mean, to be honest, out of all the game modes, survival was, I guarantee, nobody's first choice at all in the entire directory whatsoever, you know, but it feels some of us even have like a little joke uh, between each other where we're like, really, like, it's probably three for three v three survival mode because every other game mode, I mean, besides countdown, but as far as clash and, uh, and control, jumping off the map benefits you and doesn't penalize you, but except for survival. So it was like the only. So maybe like instead of fixing it, they're all like, "Eh, just make it survival. Why not?" You know. But yeah, I, I think it'd be cool. I, I'm to to be honest, the only things or the things that uh, interest me more about it is the fact that it's going to be three v three and a survival solo queue. But you know, I think three v three survival work. I think it'll be a good time. I think it'd be pretty cool. I'll be down for it. Yeah, I mean, it can't be worse than what we have now, so I guess I'm okay with it. I do wish that Elimination came back as the competitive mode. Yeah, that would be dope. But I, Patience, I, I, it's trials. It's trials, man. I'm telling you, it's coming. Patience. Yeah. 
that's what I'm really excited for. And I know it's going to be a little bit of time before we get there, but we will. We will get there. So what is the next thing here that we have? Um, they have added a survival solo queue playlist that also awards glory. That's that's great. In my opinion, I love that That's something that we've been wanting for a really long time. So for us to finally get that, I think it's going to fix some of the matchmaking issues that the game had in the past and exists today. Yeah, it'll be there'll be more balance, hopefully. So. Yeah. I agree with you on that one as well. And next thing, they've added 6v6 control in its own playlist. With the potential influx of new players this fall, they want to have a playlist that signals to new players where to begin. They also feel like 6v6 control is the right starting place when introducing new players to Destiny. You know what's really interesting about that one? The game mode that we first played in beta of Destiny was Control. That was the very first introduction to Crucible in Destiny 1. Ooh, you're right. You think that's why they yeah. did that? Because to me, looking at those two dots, so. it's like, why Why would you even say that on top of it? It doesn't, like, to me looking at it until you said that, I'm like, why would you tell the new players to start with Control? What, is, what does that do? Why would the new player be yeah. concerned with that over, like, I think... If, Gonna introduce a new player should be like clash or something it's just kill and be killed you know but yeah you're right i think it's because of what you said that's probably like a little tribute to only the ogs would know you know type of thing yeah and that's the thing the familiarity you know getting people back to that kind of familiar place that we had in destiny one and bringing all these new players in and you know spreading the good word like yeah destiny's an awesome game you know it's like you know st stay for a while play some pvp and well, let's have a lot of fun. Right. Here's some more news. They've added a 6v6 weekly rotator and a weekly 4v4 rotator. These rotator playlists are where modes like Clash, Supremacy, Mayhem, Lockdown, and Countdown will appear. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know how much. <laughs> Does that mean a six v six countdown is on the table? I mean, well, it's I mean, Search and destroy. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, yeah that's, that's what that would be, right? That would be pretty interesting. I think that would be that. actually, yeah. Huh. I wish there was like a capture the flag game mode coming. I would love like a capture. Just like, bring Rift back. That would be really cool. Yeah. Dope. Rift. Or... Yeah. So Bungie goes on to say that we want to create some variety in the PvP experience from season to season. And one way we're going to do this is to bench some maps for the season. While you're out of while they are out of rotation, if time allows, we also hope to improve how they play by tweaking spawn areas ammo spawns and overall structure so they return better than before the first four maps to be removed from all playlists are dead cliffs ouch 
Legion's Gulch, Retribution, and finally Solitude. Those are all going away next season. For Citadel at Ed Bungie, you missed one. Mm. <laughs> I was just gonna Rip say, like, dream. why those maps in particular? Yeah, and why is Firebase Echo not in that list? <laughs> you no, know, there's so many other choices. Why Dead yeah. Cliffs? Dead Cliffs was just because probably that spawn trap on that one area. Because Dead Cliffs is still a yeah. good map. Twitter's losing their mind about Dead Cliffs yeah. right now. <laughs> that's really interesting yeah. do you guys think this could be what Bungie was talking about when referring to the things in the game that will go away from season to season and then maybe return later on um I don't believe necessarily this I think that's just is they're changing the, the culture of um you know crucible like they're they're making a lot of changes you know and like they're 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 trying these things you know that's why we have you know elimination in the crucible labs and everything they're they're trying things just to to make it more fresh you know um bring some uh, underperforming maps in and take some of the ones out that just feel like you know they're just I don't know, very stagnant They're, I just feel like they're experimenting here. And Bungie does go on to say that we are we also made a pass on all playlists, removing some maps from playlists where they don't shine. Equinox is now only in Scorched, Mayhem, and Breakthrough, and Firebase Echo is only in Supremacy, Mayhem, and yes. Breakthrough. Okay, <laughs> I, I can live with that. Furthermore, while we are removing a few maps, we are also introducing Widow's Court, Twilight Gap, and a new map. Fragment. Fragment. Oh, we are getting a new map. Ooh, mm -hmm. that's nice. Sweet. Think Sweet. Dreaming Sweet. City meets Infinite Forest. Ooh, that sounds pretty cool. Oh, so that's what it looks it like. It kind of looks okay. like that map from, uh, from D1 where um, it, was, it was in the rotation a couple times. Um, mm -hmm. where you had like one there's like you were kind of fighting off the side of the map and like and everybody oh. would rush the middle kind of circle kind of forest. thing yeah basically it was a reskinned D1 that map, map that was in the uh, Black Garden yeah I, the yeah, I think it was what a Black was Garden one map? I think it was I gotta think it was called and then Pantheon I think I'll look it up map. Destiny 1 Crucible maps. Where everybody would rush it. Sometimes you jump over it off the side, and uh, but it was in trials a couple times. Crap, that's gonna bug me all night. Oh well. Yeah, it's gonna bugging me right now. <laughs> I I can't remember, man. <laughs> oh man, that's tough. Yeah, and it looks cool though. So. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, I, I'm all for new. Like, I, I want new maps. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind bringing back some of the oldies, but having some new ones, too, is always yeah. welcome. Yeah. No, new it maps was are Pantheon. always welcoming. It was Pantheon. Hmm. We have Pantheon right now, though. In this yeah, you too. have a, a D2 version, Infinite Forest-ified version of Pantheon. Hmm. 
I'm gonna look up the names real quick. It's I'll figure it out. Yeah, Wasn't that, it, says, it was that one like where you climbed up the stairs and there was a It's called across. Convergence. That's what it's called in D in D2, but it's a reimagined Pantheon map. Yeah, just like homie said, you, th yeah, the staircase on both sides. And you'd go up and yeah, like, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a snipe off yeah. like up those stairs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's like statues off to this uh on the side. Yeah, or towards the middle. Like, and the flag would be right in yeah, that middle. I know the, yeah. Yeah, I know the map you're talking about, I just don't know the name of it and everything. Um, yeah, then that map's called um, Pantheon. No, it's, it's not Pantheon. Of a when it's, we're thinking of a different map. Yeah, it, was, it's a, it was a new I, map that came out with one of the expansions for D1. It was, it was I can't with Rise of Iron, I believe, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. It was part of the video. And I just oh, can't, one of the new ones. Okay, okay, okay. And I just can't yeah, remember the name of it for the life of me. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't even find it. <laughs> me and one know which one we're talking about, too, and everything. And they have that bridge, that bridge that goes yeah, down the, the stairs. Yeah, the bridge that goes down, and, and you go, yep. It's, let's lift yeah, it up. It's got a, yep. yep. It does remind me of that map a little bit. Actually. Yeah, and as a reminder, Elimination will be making its return to Destiny 2 via Crucible Labs. Bungie will also be testing out multiple variations of Elimination rules and settings to see how the modes play with the new weapons and abilities of Destiny 2. And of course, we know our friend and lore expert dark angel she was at pax this past oh, yes, week and she got a chance to play elimination via crucible labs how did it feel Ooh. it was good i liked it i mean i wagered about uh five of my gambit coins to try and get the cruc the crucible pin i did get it eventually um i liked it um, definitely. Yeah, to, you you get an exclusive crucible pin when you if you win when you play elimination. So that's what I was trying to get, and you can only get that pin at packs. That's so awesome. Cool. Um, well, congratulations on that. Oh yeah, I had to have my friend get my friend Gavin help me out. He was he's a champ. He's like, I got you, and we stomped him, and I'm like. Where were you yesterday when I was trying over and over and over again? <laughs> like, oh yeah. man. But um yeah, it definitely it felt like I was playing D1 trials, especially playing a widow's court. Cuz that map I remember that was the only map I had ever played trials on. Was that map? That was the only time I played trials. Well, so. you know, and I'm going to come out and say this, but like hearing your feedback on this and hearing how excited Red Queen was from attending the Bungie Summit, like I'm really excited for Shadowkeep. Like, oh, yeah, yes, I do have things I'm, I'm a little nervous about for after that, but Shadowkeep, yeah. I think, is going to be incredible. And I think it's yeah. going to be on the caliber of Forsaken, if you think about it. I think the raid is going to be amazing. I think that the story is going to be great. And I think it's going to be a highlight for the game. I'm just a little worried about whether or not they can sustain all of that moving into the next year of content, because that will be a lot for them to have to take on, especially as an independent studio that has to do 
a lot more than just develop a game and that's also market the game and publish the game and make sure that all aspects of their business functions as need be. Right. So we also learn about a few other things in this update pertaining to Crucible. The first of which is heavy ammo sharing. Once a player picks up heavy ammo, their teammates have a limited amount of time, currently 7 seconds, and I called it. this is something they will be tweaking between seasons based on community feedback to interact with the same ammo crate for them to get the heavy ammo. If the other team picked up the crate, it will turn red to indicate you cannot pick it up during that period. When the time expires, the crate despawns. Hmm, that's pretty interesting. They go on to say each player gets less heavy ammo from shared crates than they do from unshared crates in 4v4 and 3v3 modes. The amount of ammo you receive from a crate is static and does not change based on how many teammates share the crate. So that's that's an interesting way to handle heavy ammo. Yeah, it is. Do you guys think this will be an effective way to make the game more balanced? Well, um, it, it definitely just you know just speaking in uh six v six terms, and obviously we're just speculating here, but I mean, um, it, the power weapons in this game are insane bro so it's like even if they get less man i could just see like three people jumping in my face with some kind of explosive you know war cliff or something in my face and that'd be a fun picture for twitter but um i mean yeah i mean it looks like a like a, a more lenient approach to the d1 style if, if you guys remember the d1 style was if you're by the power or near it when it was pulled your team gets it yeah, but you have to be near it. This one looks like, you know, the somebody grabs it, the timer starts, you get there and you get yours, or you don't participate in it. And obviously with less ammo, you know, it's not going to be all over the, the place, which is cool. You know, heavy's going to pop, people are going to use their heavy, and then it's gone. You know, so I don't know if they're going to talk about how many times power uh, or heavy ammo does spawn in a match. But yeah, this is cool. This is going to be cool. But it is going to be funny when I get hit with three Warcliffe coils to the face. <laughs> Yeah, you you want those new players to actually be able to feel powerful. Yeah, and then change the tide, you know, of the game if they get it, you know. Yeah, they don't want one person just running around with freaking hammerhead and just like three shots of truth. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's cool. Gives more people an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I I think that it allows for other players to have an opportunity, even if you're not the best player. Um, you can still benefit from that. Mm-hmm. The only thing that concerns me, if more people can now get ammo, does that mean there are more more heavy, essentially, bullets going out in that match? That'll be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how much ammo, especially like machine guns, how much ammo does a machine gun get? Yeah, we can all pretty much right. say. Because... 
drastically because of, reduced. Yeah. Because, I mean, at the same time, I feel like this would also allow for teams that are stronger and work together to abuse the system and all get even more ammo, potentially. And in that case, if four people on the team have heavy ammo instead of just one, that kind of makes the game feel unbalanced. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's safe to say that uh, that like rockets will be like one rocket, nade launchers will probably be two, machine guns may have like eleven yeah, to twelve definitely. rounds. So it, I think like yeah. just obviously perceiving and yeah, yeah, just like you said, like like good teams like they're just running you know you know sixes or whatever that are doing that are probably like yo you go with your power, then you go with your power and just like you know really discipline it. But the average teams aren't really gonna do that. They're all gonna shoot their heavy and like soon as the first person that comes, it'll be there and it'll be gone. You know, and yeah, I think it's I think it's cool. I think it'll be a, a good change. It just depends on how much it spawns. Like if it's gonna be that but it spawns every minute like it does now, or minute twenty, minute thirty, then you know that that could that could spiral out of control pretty fast, but I think this is pretty good. I think this is a good change. And we also have a change to ranking systems uh, in terms of your glory in valor and infamy streaks, and they will have been made more resilient. Instead of resetting your streak, losses will now reduce your valor and infamy streaks by one, and your glory streaks by two. And you you can still lose glory, but if your rank is at or below fabled, you can't lose glory. If doing so would drop you below that rank. That's confusing to me. Do yeah. you guys understand that? Basically, it, what it means is, let's say you're above fabled in comp, okay. you will never drop below fabled. So if you get okay. in a really bad losing streak where you just keep losing and losing and losing and losing, you don't have to be like, well, there goes all my work this entire season. It's There's a cutoff, so you won't lose as much, which I think is a good thing. I think the, the more confusion, I think the more confusing thing is the below fabled part. Like, does this mean uh if i'm below fabled i don't lose glory ever or does this mean like i won't ever go to mythic three if i'm like close you know because it says at or below fabled you know like it's not like i won't like whatever previous ranks between like heroic and and you know and all the way up you know to fabled right like i won't be able to go down like heroic three if i'm past heroic three or you know like they're kind of like checkpoints you know for that like it, mm -hmm. it's kind of vague you know, yeah, it yeah, sounds no, like that. that. It's very fake. And and I guess uh, you know, up to the fable point, I wouldn't mind that because you know the grind of fable should be fun, and you know you're getting points and all that kind of stuff. And obviously, passed on is for you know the tryhard city. But I hope this isn't saying that until you get to 2100, you never lose glory, even if you lose games, because that would kind of defeat the purpose. Yeah, it would defeat the purpose, and it would really kind of like like that wouldn't be cool. You know, it's like. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, cool. I could, like, I could lose however many games I want, you know, to 2100. And you know what that would do is that would cause a lot of PC people to macro and comp. Because oh, I'm just going to macro. Yeah, my team definitely. pulls off the 3v4. I get glory. If they don't, well, what's the, what's the difference, you know? So that would that'd be a little, that'd be kind of weird. I don't think it says that. I, I think, like, I guess if you are or close to Fabled, 
I, I believe uh, you know, Dark hit it as far as Fabled and above. As far as uh, Fabled below, it's. I, I guess you wouldn't be able to go below Heroic Three if you've already passed Heroic Three until you get to Fabled, and then it all acts as normal. Um, forward and on, you just can't go below Fabled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We think Shadow, you got the smart guy voice, you know. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I guess it's uh, you know, protection. So if you do get on a losing streak, like Dark said, you know, you you won't drop below Fabled. Um, it's it's interesting that they're trying it. You know, I mean, I, I guess they're do- I think they're doing it just again. They're experimenting because there's just so many new players coming in and everything, and it's they're, they're just they they want to flip this flip it on its head and just you know see what the players think. Right? Yeah. You know, if we if we hate it, we're gonna we're gonna tell them we hate this. Mm-hmm. You know, if we if we like it, you know, we'll tell them. If we're kind of like, eh, it's okay, but it'll be better, then maybe they can improve on it. Oh, yeah, and it, it says it right there. Okay, yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Each rank through Fabled acts as a floor for glory. Okay, so I get what that means. So, yeah, if you, if you hit, like, Heroic 1 or 2, they're, like, checkpoints. Like, if as soon as you hit Heroic 1, it's, like, 700 glory or something like that. You can't go below that, it, you know? So if, like, you're creeping up on, you know, Heroic 2, you know, you could lose some, but you won't go below Heroic 1 all the way until you get to Fabled, and then you won't go below Fabled. Okay, I get it. Yeah, That's cool. It's just a it's a losing streak protection, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. And uh, Bungie does go on to to talk about competitive matchmaking updates with skill and glory. Um, Destiny has always tracked player skill behind the scenes, taking into account things like kills, damage dealt and so on and so forth. These factors all contribute to a player's skill ranking. In Season 8, we've mapped skill ratings to glory ranks, with the lowest end of the scale mapping to Guardian 1, and high end and mapping to Legend. Most players are somewhere between those extremes. As you play in the survival playlist, the glory system will accelerate you to the rank that corresponds to your skill rating. If your current rank is below where your skill rating says you should be, you'll earn extra glory based on criteria above so you can get to your expected rank faster and lose less glory so you don't fall further away. Once you reach your expected rank, glory gains and losses will normalize. Hmm. That's pretty Mm. interesting. It is interesting. um... They go on to say your skill rating is continually adjusting based on your performance, shifting the system's understanding of your expected rank, and causing the glory system to respond by pulling you towards that rank. The result should be that over time, your glory will become an accurate reflection of your skill. It also means that teammates of different skill will experience different glory adjustments from the same survival match. Hmm, that's that's making some pretty big, bold changes to the system. Like I said, they're flipping it on their, its head. So. 
Yeah, it's it's right. it's pretty interesting. It looks like it's Destiny's own version of, you know, I mean, I feel like, like games like Overwatch have like a like a like a, a like a 10 game thing that you do and it kind of puts you where you need to and takes into account how you did the last season. And so this one looks like like I don't even you know, it's really hard to tell exactly how this would be. Like if you're a guy that gets legend, does that mean you you accelerate points all the way so you get back to your you know, however you are, it's weird. Like we could go into a million different ideas of how that would actually pan out, or if like maybe if you did way better than you were expected, you know, like how does that factor into it? And and yes, there's a there's that's just gonna be something you notice as you play. That's really hard to you know really call right now from just reading. So they're kind of basing this on performance, mm-hmm. a little bit, right? yeah, individual performance. Yeah. So. Without further ado, we have something big to talk about next, and that's Shadow Keep Sandbox updates with the abilities. And that's going to be pretty big because Bungie essentially is telling us how the game is changing in terms of the super abilities and how they will function within the game. It's a lot. It's like Night Stalker is getting some buffs. Um, Yay! Finally, I we can have the be viable in PvP. <laughs> yeah, the bottom tree. Uh, their goal is we want to lean into the fantasy of a being a speedy disruptor. Pathfinders need more tools to scout the battlefield and skill-based way to engage with that gameplay more often. We should reward this scouting and battlefield control gameplay executed well with more opportunities to do the same. At the same time, Shadowshot needed some quality of life improvements for long-standing frustrations. Totally agree there. So, their first change is to vanish. Uh, the smoke bomb grants invisibility to allies. What it's going to do is give one stack of Heart of the Pack, newly revamped, to all allies hit. It's going to grant plus 34 to armor, recovery, and agility. It's going to give weapon reload speed and handling, and... Uh, max three stacks and the increase in visibility duration from seven seconds to eight seconds. So that's the uh, first thing. Um, the next thing is going to be provision. Uh, killing tethered enemies creates super orbs and increases agility, armor, and recovery for allies. Uh, new perk. Um, old perk benefits move to be part of Moby's Quiver. Okay. Uh, Damaging enemies with your grenades reduces the cooldown of your smoke bomb uh, 6% per damage tick. Making allies in this gives you grenade energy 17.5% per ally. Uh, Mobius Quiver. Fire super multiple times and deals massive damage to tethered targets. They added the per- old provision perk to naturally be part of a Mobius Quiver. Killing tethered enemies creates super orbs and grants stacks of the heart of the pack for allies. And they expanded the range of the heart of the pack from 20 to 30 meters. So that's... It's a support role class on crack. That's what it looks like right now. Yeah. I'm happy. I main support, so I'm very happy. Oh, and the super itself for the shadow shot super. This is for top and bottom path. They increased the damaging um, from 150 to 250. So it will be a one-shot kill in PvP. You will finally yes. be able to tether shot somebody. And, and Thank them. God. 
Improve tether accuracy near obstacles and suppress on hit is more consistent. So for all you night stalkers out there, bottom tree, tether, it's like it will be more viable. It'll definitely be more viable. The only the only real issue um also though with tether, I guess across the board, whether it's top or bottom tree, is is to be honest, it's the I wish they would have done something with the how you know the speed at which you shoot that shot because yeah, yeah. as soon as the, anybody like obviously right now it's like he's got all these you know support benefits which are awesome but as soon as you pop that tether you are you are destroyed you know what i'm saying most of the time you trade you know and it's like yeah it'll... you're very vulnerable mm-hmm. so if you jump into like a large group of people you know i mean honestly every super kind of gets destroyed we jump into a long group of people but i mean you know that that's something I would like to see on the table, but this definitely makes bottom tree look very fun. It looks very fun. You know, you're constantly like, oh, your teammates here. You throw that, you know, thing on the ground. Your teammate gets the 34, uh, you know, armor and recovery and boost. You know, and you ambush. You know, it looks like it'd be a very fun class to play. You know, more people will definitely use it. Yeah, especially if you're stacking like discipline and get your grenade back. Yeah. Looks uh, cool. I like it. I like the fact that they're making the hunter abilities more relevant in the game. So that's always a welcoming change because I feel like in the last couple of seasons, the hunter has been kind of, I don't want to say unnecessary, but not the most useful to have. Bottom tree of tether, definitely. Yeah, I don't think anybody ever rocked bottom tree. It was either Mm-mm. top tree or... Or spectral. Yeah. <laughs> it's like nobody freaking using that bottom one. Mm-hmm. Looks like we got the Sentinel Code of the Protector next. Um, that's the top tree. I can go into that if you guys want. Do it. Sweet. Uh, so the goal is the, uh, the path is the main support role for Titans and focuses heavily on melee kills while staying near allies. We want to focus more on heavily on buffing allies so that players care about the timing of their buff usage. With a loop which allows players to get their melee energy back more quickly, this will be a more engaging path to play. Additionally, Ward of Dawn is currently not up to snuff and needs a buff that ties into the fantasy of buffing allies. So the first change is uh, Defensive Strike, a melee ability that creates an overshield for nearby allies. All kills while this overshield is active grant melee energy for the player with the shield. Works for allies you grant a shield to. This is based upon an enemy threat from 5% miners to 25% players and bosses. Uh, the rallying force. Uh, melee kills heal nearby allies. Heal buffed from 10 health and 10 shields to 10 health and 20 shields. That's a 50% increase. So the Ward of Dawn itself is getting a buff. Alternate supers that create a shield bubble. Increased ward health versus supers. Most supers will require the whole thing to be dumped on the ward to destroy it, but will usually not kill the players inside. Ward grants weapons of light buff when passing through. 35% weapon damage for 15 seconds. Grants an additional super orb. Um, auto-generated orbs now grant the same amount of super energy as regular super orbs. Previously, the orbs gave less super energy on par with masterwork orbs. So that is the top tree sentinel. Any thoughts on that? 
I'm really happy for it because I used to main Bubble Titan back in D1 and then came to Destiny 2 and saw how crappy Bubble was for Titans and kind of cried. And I used this in, in the PAX build. It was very much D1 Bubble Titan. I digged it. It's pretty nice. good. I loved it. Sweet. Uh, I personally looking at it, um, it definitely is going to have a lot of great uh, PvE usage. Three orbs is, is, is pretty insane. And then uh, 35% weapon damage is, is very nice. So, yeah, that's going to be sweet in the, the PvE sector. Not too sold on it still as far as PvP. I mean, that, that health and, and melee thing is, is cool, but I, I still don't really see that as being, you know, enough to make people want to use that. You know? Oh, yeah. Unless you're a team of bubbles, like the whole team. Chaining like, that three orbs, man. Yeah, oh my another, god, it's an orb making machine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, is, um, yeah. Like one of the strats we actually did, and we, this is, was one of the rounds, is we had our Titan pop his bubble around heavy. So then we could grab heavy and have weapons of light. And then with weapons of light, we were able to one shot some guys, which was rather fun. Oh, yeah, because you had that machine gun. Mm -hmm. oh, that's and then if you run Helm of Saint 14, Along with that, you're going to get Blessings of Light and Weapons of Light all in one, which is pretty snazzy. Ooh, I didn't think about that. That's a good point. Run mm -hmm. the right exotic with it. So people are going to finally use that uh, exotic again, you know, almost same 14, because that was big, big time exotic in Destiny 1 when we ran the bubble. <clears throat> um, okay, so let's see. But one last thing um, is that it would be really it is cool, though, that Titans have more of a usage in PvE besides always being the shoulder charging hammer, you know, so that's pretty cool, too. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Titans really like felt like they were not you. They, they they didn't feel like they had as much utility, you know, in raids and things like that. You know, it's like cause the, the warlock and the well and everything, like that, you know, so now that the bubbles back, weapons of light is back, you know, yeah, I. I definitely agree. I felt like warlocks were taking all of the titans' jobs, especially in the raid department. There was even an exotic phoenix protocol, and it literally was a bunch of titans complaining that warlocks were taking all of their jobs. So, mm -hmm. the fact that, I know a little bit later in the TWAB, they do talk about the changes to um, Well of Radiance. And that yeah. compared with the Titan well, we're changes, there. we got nerfs of, coming. We're yeah. getting there. I'm excited, basically. Okay, so the bottom uh, Sentinel uh, Titan, they they made an adjustment here. Uh, shield bash, shoulder charge does disorients nearby enemies. It now suppresses the target hit in any enemy within two meters. So it's have to basically be right next to it. That is is so, the most terrifying thing. I am. I'm probably gonna read in this entire thing. You're telling me right now that not only does he have a suppressor nade, but he can sh shield bash me out of my super as well. I'm maining it. I'm gonna delete my warlock and my and my hunter right after this this podcast. <laughs> what, what oh gonna, this thing is a super destruct. You don't like supers? That is for you, 100. <laughs> percent It's insane. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh, so they've also did um, change to the Voidwalker, Entombment of Hunger, the bottom tree. Uh, Vortex, uh, the Nova Bomb leaves behind a damaging AoE pool. Um, so the initial explosion damage increased by 
lingering damage increased by 15%. So that's the change to the Void Walker Dawn Tree. Um, and then the Dawn Blade, Two Men of Grace. Um, this is uh, for Well Radiance. Uh, the alternate super that creates a healing buff field for allies. It grants an additional super orb. Um, so three of them. Uh, Auto-generate orbs now grant the same amount of super energy as regular super orbs. Previously, the orbs gave less super energy on power with master orbs. Okay. Because I'm guessing there's going to be nerfs coming. So they're like, oh, we'll throw you this bone because the nerfs are coming. Yeah. <laughs> so... Without further ado, let's get into the nerfs. Um, Night Stalker, Way of the Trapper, the top tree. Uh, Shadow Shot fires an arrow, damages enemy, debuffs enemies nearby. The damage sharing for the Night Stalker player is specifically reduced from 100% to 50%. Now all allied players with now all allied players have 50% damage sharing on tether. Okay, so um, for the Night Stalker, Way of the Wrath, the middle uh, tree. The flawless execution, headshot kills while crouch grant invisibility to true sight. True sight now lasts three seconds, down from nine. Good. Whoa. Oof. Big nerf. Big oof. Big nerf. Okay, so. Um, in the shatter and strike, after performing a flawless execution, your melee attacks have a longer lunge range and weaken enemies. Advanced warning. When we made the change to flawless execution, this also unintentionally nerfed the ability to only last three seconds. It was directly tied to the true site. We have prepared a fix for the 4.6.1 patch to restore the weaken and lunge range, increased to the last to last the entire nine seconds regardless of true site and invisibility status. Hmm. You guys understand that? Um, actually kind of reading again because I didn't really get it the first time either. Yeah, it looks a little confusing. They nerfed the ability to only last three seconds. Plus execution. It was directly tied tied to the true site. Um, it looks like it's saying that I'm guessing the shattering strike was like a part of the tree, and it looks like after you got the false execution, your melee would have that, that longer range and weaken enemies, but to be honest, I don't think anybody ever really did that. I didn't even know that I got longer range from that, because as soon as I saw false Execution, I'm aiming a sniper down, waiting for him to peek that side so I can get an easy headshot. So I'm, I'm guessing yeah. that, that that those two will just mix in with each other and just kind of mess it up, or you know, or something like that. So uh, me personally, I just, I, I put it to the side, I guess. <laughs> it's like... Gotcha. All right, so here comes the salt. We're getting to the instant reloading. You know, the whole reloading problem that we have where we don't reload because of stamina and wells and everything, and just one phase and everything. So uh, their goal in the beginning, uh, Luna Factions and Rally Barricade did exist, but they were clunky to use. They still had dramatic impact on gameplay even in that state, but eventually we decided to make their effects easier to handle. The problems they introduced always existed in the game, but over time, these have become magnified due to new abilities, per perks, and weapons introduced into the Destiny 2 sandbox. The impact of something that takes all reloading out of the question means that other perks or effects like the Hunter's Marksman Dodge or the Sealed Hamakar's Grass can simply fall to the wayside. Even swords take a hit in comparison, being one of the few weapons that naturally never needs to be reloaded. Reloading is one of the mechanics that are simple but have wide-ranging consequences. Because the effect on gameplay of removing reloading 
is inversely proportional to the size of your weapon's magazine and how slow your general reload animations are, weapons like rocket launchers and shotguns can benefit greatly compared to other weapons. This alongside the increase in general access to damage bonus effects like wealth radiance left us with decision to remove this effect from these two sources as they were causing things to quickly snowball out of control. <clears throat> so the Titan Rally Barricade was the first thing I hit. This ability now provides a large increase to reload speed for the duration of the effect. This ability no longer automatically reloads your weapons from reserves. So there's the first rip. Um, so next thing is the Warlock uh, Well of Radiance, the Rift. Luna Faction Boots now provide a large increase to reload speed for the duration of Well of Radiance. This exotic no longer automatically reloads your weapons from reserves. Good. Make the PvE harder, because the PvE, in my opinion, is, is, is pretty easy. Yeah, in its current state, and like the ability to to just quick reload, or just not even have to reload because you're just standing in a well. Yeah, Yeah. but certain things that Bungie implemented do make me curious because Riven's little strat that we all do now, you know, to be honest, we go down there with our rockets and shoot them. They told us that 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 was intended, like for people that didn't want to do all the mechanics, we made it so you can do it like that. Now that we don't get that instant reload thing, we just get this little quicker reload thing i wonder if you'll even be able to do that now so that's yeah that's me curious. and my friend were talking after the 12 was published and we're both like after this update we're gonna go in with a team of six and test it and see because we're like uh, it we're thinking it's probably not viable anymore i mean like you maybe? would have to probably put on a grenade launcher paired with a sniper we'll go through all your grenade rounds make sure that thing has like um what is it auto loading hoster on it yeah and then just and then just snipe Grenades, snipe, then hopefully switch back to your grenade launcher and that'll be reloaded. Yeah, I mean, yeah that would be an auto-loading holster would be more viable. You'd have to run... I mean, what we we would go kind of overboard for Riven. We would have a Luna Faction well with, obviously, and then we would have a Titan run banner, Code of the Commander, with Tractor Cannon, and then any Hunters would run Celestial to get as much GPS as possible. Did we need to do that? No. But it was well, just weapons like, of light, though, you know, being able to get yeah, the Titan definitely. weapons of light. That, so I, I think it's probably. probably still doable, Doable, but you're going to have to do a banner shield Titan with boop cannon. I mean, they're nerfing boop cannon anyways to 30% yeah. for everything. So it's like, we don't know. Maybe? But we don't know. Yeah. So it looks like we're gonna, they're also hitting the super energy regeneration. Uh their uh, goal was uh, these changes will reduce the speed which players are able to earn their super, which supports difficulty and reduces the current ability to trivialize certain content through excessively chaining supers. Systemic- systemically, we want to reduce base super sources of supers on a large macro scale without diminishing the feeling that your actions are gaining you a worthwhile energy boost. By reducing the speed at which you gain super, we can make mods and perks feel more worthwhile. We still want it to feel like you can make meaningful progress not only through normal play, but by augmenting super energy through teamwork, class choices, gear, and skillful play. So the new energy granted by super orbs. Um, so the super orbs are going to be 7.143%, which is a 50% reduction. The masterwork orbs are going to be 2.5%, which is a 50% reduction. Uh, kills are going to be at a 25% reduction. Uh, miners are going to be at a 0.6%. Uh, elites are going to be a 0.96%. Mini bosses at 1.8%. Bosses at 3%. And 
and players at 3%. Now, are those reductions, I'm guessing, too? Or are those just like the amount that's going to... I think it's saying it's a 25% reduction, and this is what it is now. With like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 25% reduction, and then this is the amount that it is for these things. Mm. Okay. And then for assists, it's going to be a 25% reduction. Uh, Miners, 0.3%. Elites, 0.48%. Mini bosses, 0.9%. Bosses, 1.5%. Player, 1.5%, which is half of the others. So that makes sense for assists. I like the numbers. I, I think that's, um, I mean, obviously it's great and awesome feeling super in the PVE side, uh, crucible side. I, I can definitely see like everybody will at least get one. Judging off these numbers off the top of my head, I'd say like two supers, you know, three if you're hooping, you know, but it look, that's, that's kind of how it was in D1. Um, so I, I like it. I like it a lot. It really sucks though that I think they might be hitting it a little too hard PVE wise though. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. But... We're just going to have to be more creative now. Yep. We'll figure it out. And Guardians always do. Mm hmm. Yep. So I'm told. There's going to be player damage buffs, too. Um, there's a whole bunch of text here. Um, so, in the uh, you know, respective time, I'm not going to read through all of that. But um, they go on to say that uh, this change affects the following weapons, abilities, Empowering Rift, Flintle Assault, Guiding Flame, Sun Warrior, Inertial Override, Well Radiance, Lumina, Noble Rounds, and Weapons of Light. Uh, noble exceptions are Vengeance, One-Eyed Mask, uh, Frontal Assault, Bonus Damages, plus 20%, um, was previously 25%. Sun Warrior, uh, Bonus Damages, plus 20%, previously was... Uh, plus 25%. Wall of Radiance bonus damage is now plus 25%, was plus 35%, and Weapons of Light bonus damage is plus 35%, previously plus 25%. So Weapons of Light does more. That's what I was, I was wondering. Which would we'll do more? Yep. yep. 10% uh, more. Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Definitely Weapons of Light is going to be... Yep. Very that's viable, gonna, I think. That's going to be like in the PvP. I'm not sure about of, PvP people are gonna though. Be bubble, bubble again. You're going to see that in PvE a lot more now. I think once that this change goes. Now is this is this this is next week, right? Is this the uh, is this next week or is this? I Shadow think this is for Shadow Keep. If I'm not oh, mistaken, Shadow, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is Shadow Keep. Yeah, Shadow Keep. Yep. It's going to be um, nice to see the uh, bubble become a viable option again. Yeah. No, definitely. Gotta have a bubble. Yeah. You know, there's more stuff here. Um, they they got to talk about the debuffs now. Uh, the, the weekend things that are weakened, like the Shadow Shot, the MMPB damage is plus 30%, was previously plus 35%. Incoming PvP damage is now plus 50%, it, it was 55%, and this effect no longer excludes power weapons. Um, tractor Cannon, oh, here's your Tractor Cannon uh, debuff. And, um, incoming PvE damage is now plus 30% for all elements, previously plus 33%. So, uh, 50% for none. 
void, avoid damage respectively. Incoming PvP damage is now plus 50% for all elements. Um, previously plus 33%, 50% for non-void, void damage respectively. Uh, Hammer Strike incoming PvE damage is now plus 30%. It was 50%. Uh, duration increased from 6 to 10 seconds in PvE. And Shatter and Strike incoming PvE damage is now plus 30%. Previously plus 50%. Duration increased from 6 to 10 seconds in PvE. So less damage but more time with the effect. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what it looks like in here. So, yeah, lots of changes. Yeah, 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 quite a bit. Looks like we get a look at the armor uh, next, some of these armor sets. Um, you guys seeing this for the people who got the 12 up? Oh, yeah. It's pretty swanky. Like the See, moon one. Yeah. I was terrible and. Um... While we were loading in a match, I looked through all of the collections mm -hmm. at PAX. So I knew what the raid armor looked like. It was pretty. Oh, really? Okay, How did that make so you feel? Are you able to talk about it? Yes, yes. It's, the raid armor has been released now, so. Oh, talk about okay. It. So, okay. Um, I liked it. I know a lot of people don't like it because it's a reskin, but. It reminds so, me of the Age of Triumph. We got some ornaments back on it, on the armor. Yeah. So that's cool. It very much reminds me of the Age of Triumph armor from Vogue, if anyone remembers that. It was very glowy and uh, kind of had extra little stuff on it. I like it. I probably won't run it on any of my characters. I mean, I might run it on my Hunter. My only thing is I hope the color of the, the blue changes with shaders. That's my only, only hope. Bungie, please. Because I would mm -hmm. run the Hunter set with um, Vex, Praetorian, the like really clean white and gold one. I would run that on it. Make it look really clean. But like, so yeah. And we everyone was running the vo the, the moon set. That's what everyone was running. And Look then... at that one down below. Phenotype Plastic Universal Ornament Set. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's from pretty. Season Rank Up Rank Rewards, which I think that's pretty cool. Looks swanky. That's pretty. Oh, yeah. It's that... weird. That one, the hunter in the middle looks kind of like a titan a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. He does, yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't have the hood over his head, that's, over their head. Wow. That's interesting. It reminds you of the Tanix outfit, or Tanix cloak, where yeah. he doesn't have the hood. I like the gold. Oh, yeah. Yo, it reminds me of, like, C-3PO. Like, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna see now, C-3PO. And even the Iron Banner set looks really nice, too. Oh, yeah, Iron Banner looks, looks like... that looks really neat. Sleek, I dig it. I like the Empyrean Cryptographer Universal Ornament. Yeah, Except look at that, that Titan. Oh, my God. Like, that Yo. Hunter cloak looks so good. <laughs> yeah, that Titan looks crazy. I want them all. It's acquired from Eververse. Oh, yeah, wow, this is the Eververse, Eververse for this season. Oh, boy. So that's an ornament set, though. So you'll be able to apply that yes, to any armor. Yes, all Eververse armor. sets that's are now ornaments. Freaking so, sick. Yeah. 
that Eververse set and the uh, substitutional armor set and the phenotype, I think. Yeah, those are ornaments. This is some oh. good-looking armor. I'm, no, I'm, yeah. sorry. I'm, I'm really happy with this. The phenotype is an ornament. The, and Dude, the... look at the moon armor. Look at the, the hunter. Moon set. Yeah, look the moon at the set moon set really cool. for the hunter. It looks so dope. Oh, man. Even the Titan one. Like, you look like yeah. an astronaut. Basically. I remember. Yeah, the astronaut one looks pretty cool. I really like the raid set, though. I like the little glowy parts. I like glowing. It's pretty cool. But yeah, people are really angry because the Garden of Salvation raid armor set is a reskin. Yeah, vault. Of, um, I think it's vault. No, it's a reskin of the Eververse Curse of Osiris, armor for, uh, during from... Curse of Osiris. I think it's different enough, though. That's I, what I'm saying. I'm know? like, it's different enough. Yeah, and it's themed. It has the Vex theme. Yeah. Right? You know? I think it's fine. I just want to get my that armor for... Oh, and I know what the, the new titles are. It's Undying for the season, Enlightened for Garden of Salvation Raid, and Harbinger for Shadow Keep slash Moon related stuff. Hmm, I'm getting all those. I'm getting all those and I'm buying them. Yeah, okay. I, I want all these you armors, man. Here on the Destiny Just... Show. Dark Angel, we're going to hold you to it. Yep. Unless they change it between now and uh, the new build, but I highly doubt it. I this think is it's better cool. than any armor they have right now. <laughs> yeah, this the team I mean, had fun with this yeah. one, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm just. I, I, I'm actually I like like looking forward to the new like ornament system because fashion is a very important thing to me. Like my warlock is running um, the frickety frack. It's the um, the dawning chest plate and gauntlets. And then I'm running last wish boots. Last wish class item, and then I'm running the Dreaming City helmet, all with the Dreaming Spectrum awesome. shader. So it looks That's awesome. really sick. I love it. I wanted to put Dark Angel in a hot seat with a question real quick that uh -oh. she brought up. Let's do this. Alright. When you went to the you know, the, the, you know, the PAX thing and did all that, you, you, know, you got to see the raid armor and stuff like that, because I saw this all over Twitter for a little bit. How do yeah. you feel about seeing before the raid even comes out, the raid modification. Because I, I heard oh, yeah, they spoil some, some mechanics a little bit. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, that's that's an interesting. I mean, I am going for worlds. I'm not worlds first. I want to get it done within the first twenty four hours. I, I honestly don't think it's viable for console players. To attempt, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's just it's been a pattern ever since Destiny has been on PC that PC players get it first. Well, I just mean like, do you feel like you were spoiled at all, or do you know any I of those raid mods? I honestly didn't even know about those oh, okay. until it was posted on Twitter. I just thought I was looking at the raid armor and looking through the triumphs, trying to see if I could piece anything together. I couldn't, a lot of it was you couldn't look at it. It was like hidden. Oh, okay, I got you. I should you. have looked at the rate, at the mods, but yeah, I didn't think about that. Um, but yeah, I think having those in the game 
fantastic. I love it. Fact that they were in the game at PAX, not a good move. Because like the person who posted them, he could have just kept it to himself and not said anything. And then he, his team, if he was going for Worlds first or whatever, would have a little bit of an advantage. Is it like that much of an advantage? No. Like I don't really care that much, but I could see how some people would get really upset about it. I got you. I don't think the bungee dubs intended for anything to be spoiled. I think uh, it was an accident. Oversight yeah. happens. You know, sometimes you can't control every little detail, and things happen. Now, we do know that in addition to all of this, with the currently available armor sets, they will drop as armor 2.0 ver variations with Shadow Keep mm -hmm. when it launches. That so includes pumped. the armor 2.0 reprisal of Crucible Year 1 armor. They will also include Crucible Year 1 ornaments. In addition to that, we have Vanguard Year 1 armor and ornaments. We have Black Armory with the Forges. We have Gambit with Forsaken and Gambit Prime with Season of the Drifter. The Menagerie armor, the Raid armor from the Leviathan from Eater of Worlds, Spire of Stars, Last Wish, Scourge of the Past, and Crown of Sorrow. Also, it will include destinations such as European Dead Zone, Titan, Nessus, Io, Mercury, Mars, Tangled Shore, and the Dreaming City. Escalation Protocol. I'm oh, happy about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's I'm really, really cool. My friends are happy about that yeah. because they're like, oh my god, EP is like the best armor. Because that armor is dope. I do yeah, like that it armor. Is. It is, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, this is this great is, chain. That's that's awesome. That's that's exciting for everybody across the board. I think this is big news. Yeah, it it makes everything everything like you know um, something worthwhile to do, re relevant yeah. again too. You know, because you're gonna get like two point oh armor from. Yeah, smart move. So knowing this, interestingly, since we're probably gonna be going for day one completion. How will this impact your strategy? Ooh, um, that's a good question. I, I'm probably just gonna run what I run. Like, I have an armor set for my hunter, which I'm gonna be doing the raid with, that works. It's good. It has perks that synergize, and it... It has perks for weapons that I use, so I'm probably going to use that up until I get armor that's either better perks. I mean, I'm probably going to use that armor up until a certain point where I'll be able to get a little bit more used to armor 2.0. This is going to be hard to decide because there's just so many places you can get 2.0 armor from. I know. Get, I love it. Start. Because that means I can make my guardians look like however I want. Like, my titan runs the Scourge of the Past raid armor. And that's what I've always run. The perks I have on it are awesome, because I have machine gun loader and machine gun scavenger on my gauntlets. And I'm like, these gauntlets are the best gauntlets ever for my titan. So, 
I'm just really excited because I'll be able to look how I want, with the perks I want, not having to sacrifice um, fashion for perks or vice versa. Now, are you going to be only locked to one run per character still and everything? Are you only going to be able to get, like, go through one run and say you only get, like, one piece of armor? Is that character done for the week and you have to wait? I well, would assume so. Yeah, I'm sure it's like that. I think they, they said legendary armor will drop with armor 2.0, so it doesn't specify pro- powerful armor, just legendary. I would so, assume. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, I would just... I wish with the armor 2.0 thing, there would be a thingamathing, like an item you could use in raids that would increase the drop chance of armor if you were just going to get, like, re-get your armor or something. Like yeah, because let's cool. be honest, we're going to be doing these raids for the armor. We're not, we're not getting, we're not doing it for not, the weapons. We're doing it. For we're not the doing armor. it for the weapons because exactly. we don't know. We, they, they have, they're not doing anything with the weapons from it. Yeah, so that's what I think it would be an interesting thing to add, like some sort of consumable that's kind of like the bones of Ao from D1 that would increase oh. your chances of that kind of thing. Love let's have it just be for armor, and it would be for like the raid. Until you, like, leave the raid or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, some kind of thing, because, like, like, like you said, Shadow Price, I'm going to only be doing the raids to get the armor. I don't... And with my luck, I'm going to get a weapon, a weapon, a weapon, and a weapon, and some more weapons. Yeah. With my luck. It, it, that, that's the whole RNG aspect of it. You know, RNG so, doesn't so. like me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the raids that's haven't really had any... Any like worthwhile legendaries, you know? Since like I don't, I can only think of the Midnight Coup off the top of my head. Oh yeah, know. Midnight Coup was really good. But like, I love the yeah. look of the uh, the shadow armor from Kronosaurus. That's what I rock on my hunter right now, and looks pretty crisp. So let's hope the new raid has some good weapons in it. Oh yeah, I've I've might have stolen a glance at them. They look pretty snazzy. Yeah, I did that, but saw, they haven't posted those, so I don't know. I don't really want to talk about them. So I'm like, yeah, am I they have them on their videos. That some of the YouTubers have them on their videos. They they have some. Listen, we don't there, want but... investigators at our house, okay? Yeah, the Please. bungee, the bungee <laughs> oh FBI are gonna okay, come to our house and be this. like, "We saw you talking about stuff that isn't in the game yet. We're coming for you." You don't want to talk about that stuff, okay? You don't want to be on the bad side. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So. Wow, that's so much information and so much content, and we do have some deployment updates that you can check out on Bungie.net with several hotfixes. Of course, you can purchase silver on uh, Steam as of October 1st, and also you can enable cross save now there are some issues that you can read about in the weekly update regarding cross save and we have movies of the week with once upon a time in the reef and ricochet rounds and sniper equals profit for the honorable mention and beyond that uh dmg did tell us that Next week, we will learn about sandbox changes coming into Destiny with Shadowkeep. And Sunset is having 12 in the mag, or 
Things like Graviton Lance getting a 30% PvE damage increase. Dang, really? Wow. Yeah, so we're going to learn much more about that next week on the show. But uh, before we wrap things up for the evening, we do have a tradition on the show. We rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls. So (laughs) as our guest, one actual, how would you rate this weekly update in the form of one to five spicy tuna rolls? One to five spicy tuna rolls. You know what? Honestly, man, it's it's, a... You know it off of the armor and a, and a coach. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a four. I'm gonna get a four. The only thing that would probably have made it more of a five to me is, um, uh, you know, is that that one one thing, man, one salty thing for me, and that's that sentinel suppression thing. Why, why, budgie? <laughs> but no, I I think four four out of five for me. Four out of five for me. That was good. Awesome. How about you, Dark Angel? Ooh, um, I liked a lot of the changes, like one hit for Tether, or for Shadow Shot and PvP, Sentinel changes. I think the Luna Faction Boots and Rally Barricade were a sad but necessary nerf, and, uh, while most of it was more PvP-related, I'm still excited for, like, the changes and stuff, so... I would give it a five spicy tuna rolls. Ooh. I thought it was pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. And shadow price. Uh, yeah, lots of good changes in here. Uh, showed off the armor. Um, which is interesting because I don't think they've ever showed off all the armor sets before. Before we've gotten them, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but hey, you know, I guess they want us to see what we're going to be chasing. I guess, and uh, so that that was cool. I'm going to say that I wish there was talk with weapons in here, like some sandbox changes with weapons, but we didn't see any of that. It was mostly with the supers and the abilities and things like that. Um, and it was just, it was so long, too. So, <laughs> I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to agree with one actual. I'm going to go with the four. Solid. Really solid. Very cool. And, wow, for me, I'm kind of torn because there's a lot of really good stuff here in the update. I'm really happy that we're getting a new Crucible map and not just recycled maps. Although old maps are welcoming in the game um so it's nice we're getting a new crucible map i think that we got a ton of information about super changes and whether we like these changes or not we're not going to necessarily know how they work in the sandbox until we try them out so i give them props for trying so i'm going to give them a 4.5 spicy tuna rolls because i thought Armor 2.0 being available with everything in the game, I think that's a great idea that makes certain activities that you wouldn't necessarily play now worth pursuing. So I'm really curious to see how they uh, develop that in Shadowkeep. And also, 
they showed off all of the armor, which they never have done before. So I think you've got to give them some credit for that. They did an amazing job with all the armor. I know I'm going to be chasing after that raid armor and the seasonal rank um, rewards armor and the iron banner armor. So I'm pretty excited. And Garden of Salvation, that's the other thing I'm going to be playing a lot of come this fall, this October with Shadowkeep. So all of these are great additions to the game and I'm really excited to play and I'm excited to play Crucible, I'm excited to play PvE, I'm excited to play the new raid, and I'm excited for the story to see where the narrative goes in the Destiny experience. So it's going to be really exciting to check that out. I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5 spicy tune rolls. I like it. I guess, wow, we probably had one of the longest podcasts ever. So thank you, One Actual and Dark Angel, for being on with us. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for being on. We really appreciate you guys being on the show this week. And One Actual, it was such a pleasure and such an honor to get to know you a little bit better and to share your knowledge and your story with our awesome community. I appreciate that. And thank you for the invite. I, I had a great time. I had like just talking destiny with, with, you know, all of you who just, you can tell just love destiny and love what you do. And we had a lot to talk about. It was really, I appreciate you guys also, cause I've been a part of a couple of podcasts and making it uh, so, so easy and so welcoming, you know, where I, I just feel like I'm just talking to people that I've known for so long, for a long time, you know, we just vibing, you know, it's, and I, I just appreciate yeah, the I had a great time. It was awesome. Yeah, we appreciate it very much too. And thanks to the chat too for sticking with us so long tonight. Yeah, we appreciate I mean, you guys. I think well. it's an episode of DCP and the Destiny show all wrapped up in one because they're probably finishing up right now. I was going to host them after, but they're probably wrapping up. So thank you guys for hanging out with us. And before we let you go, one actual, where can we learn more about you? Well, you can find me over at twitch.tv slash one actual exactly like you see it one actual or on Twitter at one actual. And if you guys like comedy and some good old PVP, look forward to seeing you there. And Dark Angel, thank you so much for coming back. It's such a pleasure to have you back on. No problem, all my dudes. So, where can we learn more about you? Okay, I am on Twitter and Twitch and the like. Um, it is xdarkangel98 on twi Twitter and just xdarkangel, just like this. I'm going to say hi in the chat. Hello there, guys. That's me. Yep, there I am can follow me i haven't done any streaming in a very while because of irl stuff but i will be back streaming in about september ish yeah late september ish about two weeks so very excited to be back playing some destiny and some yeah mainly destiny i'm just gonna be playing destiny honestly because 
I love Very that cool. game too much. It's just too much. And Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you? You can follow me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79. You can find me here on the Destiny Show podcast at twitch.tv forward slash Destiny Show. And you can find me when I decide to stream on twitch.tv forward slash I am ShadowPrice. And you can find the Destiny Show podcast on all of your favorite podcasting apps. We're on Google, we're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Anchor, and the list goes on. You can also find us on the web at www.destinyshow.com. We have some really exciting guests for you that we will be sharing more about on our Twitter account at The Destiny Show. Uh, next week, we're going to have Clyde, GSXR Clyde, on the podcast, and we're also going to have Young Khan on the podcast later this month. And even later this month, we're going to have Carolina Gamer on the show. So, uh, and we have some more surprises planned for you for the month of October. So thank you guys for hanging out with us live and thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Destiny Show podcast. And we will see you all next week. Later. Bye-bye. to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hello. Hi. Do you like bad movies? Do you find yourself defending bad movies, saying things like, well, the soundtrack was okay, or the costumes were pretty fun? From the previous hosts of It's Not That Bad podcast, we bring you Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast, from Simone LaRue and Chad Ekovitz. Every week, we review two movies that did not do well critically, but we say, hey, there are some nice things about them. Maybe Rotten Tomatoes was wrong. Maybe they're all fools, and you should watch these movies regardless. We'll also talk about scenes that could have saved it, and we'll often refer to Simone's cats because they're amazing and adorable, and we love them. <laughs> and at the end of each review, we will tell you whether we would watch this movie again, or in what circumstances we would recommend you watch this movie. So, join us on July 9th for the first drop of our main episode, and then two days later for our drop of our minisodes. And on Robots Radio, Podcast Network. Come see us on July 9th! We love you so much already! Bye! Bye.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.